brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Welcome in, welcome in, everybody. Sports Day, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network. Derek Gunn, Robert, yes. hanging out with you, three hours of power coming your way. Sir Gunn, how are we today? Good, and you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. I see I see Tyler, Sween Bowl, I see Jeremy, I see you guys. What's going on, everybody, in the chat? Uh, yeah, busy, busy day today. Uh, we're going to take a deep dive into Eagles depth. We are going to try to figure out the Sixers coaching situation. I don't know why I'm rocking back and forth. I will stop doing that. Did you uh, take your medication this morning? No, obviously not. Uh, the James Harden situation, what you do here, because there's not a lot of great alternatives. Phillies continue to stink. And I can, I'm shocked at how poorly they played. So we will talk about that. We will get into who's closest to winning a championship. Now, the first answer may be obvious. The next three, maybe not when it comes uh -huh. to Philadelphia sports. Uh, we will do a little bit of best and worst quarterback situations in the NFL. That'll be coming up in a little bit. Look at the Celtics win last night. They keep things alive uh, in the Eastern Conference. And then game five is tomorrow. Winner awaits the Nuggets. We'll do birthdays. We'll do movies. we got a lot in store for you, Derek. You know, um, I, I don't like to put your personal business out there, but I thought this was really interesting uh -oh. because it gave me flashbacks to when um, – my girls were teenagers and stuff. So you and I were talking this morning on the phone and all of a sudden you deviate from our conversation. And I hear this cute little voice in the background and you're like, where are you going? What are you wearing? What, how you going? And I'm thinking Rob Ellis. I always had this. I've known you for over 25 years. I've always envisioned you as this, 
passive, mild-mannered, low-key type guy. Um, but when it comes to your daughter, man, you're like the Gestapo, dude. Wow. So the Phillies play at 1 o'clock this afternoon, about an hour yep. from now. Yeah. Um, and so they, they she's a senior now, and she actually graduates in two weeks. Two weeks from today, she graduates. Um, and they have what they call senior cut day, okay? So it, it's – it's a thing where it's understood at the school that the seniors are all are, are not going to be in today. Right. Yeah, and it's like a yeah. wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they, their plan was everybody's going to the Phillies game today. Okay. All, all the senior, you know, her senior, all her friends and all that kind of stuff. So uh, by the way, hi, hi, mood swing, Bella. Hi, Christy. Hi, Eddie. Hi, Gigi. Mood swing. Hi, What's up, girl? Hi, Woo! Brett. Hi, so Chris in the Joe house. King. I'm Mr. Taz. All right. So um, she's, so I said, you know, I was talking to her she was, I got some fuzzy details of what was going on. So fuzzy. when you and I are, you know, she slept in cause you'd have school. So you and I are on the phone and all of a sudden she's dressed. She's got her Phillies Jersey on. I'm like, all right, I guess you're going to the game. Who you, how you getting there? How you getting home? Bop, 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 bop. And yeah, Derek had to listen to all of that. So I had, I had to go into dad. <laughs> so, so see, I have two girls and a boy. My son is the youngest. Yeah. You have a boy and a girl. Yes. Do you find yep. do you find yourself tougher on your daughter? And I don't mean in a mean way, but do you find yourself, how can I put it, more interested in your daughter's whereabouts than your son's? Have you always have you always approached it like that? Yes. Yeah, I would definitely say, like with him, especially when he was younger, when he maybe it wasn't quite as focused as he is now. I, okay. I had to sort of be on him more with like school and other stuff, like I okay. make sure that he All was. Right on point keep same up. here same here okay yeah. with her as far as school went i i absolutely didn't have to be all over because she was she'd come home and do her work and it was easy right but as you know as the teen as the later teenage years have yep. set in uh with her it is definitely more of a challenge in terms of who you're going with uh -huh. how you're getting there how you're getting home you need to be home at this time Blah, blah, blah. There's way more of that than there was with him. And he was more of a homebody. She's yep. definitely more social okay. than he is. So that also makes it where I have to be more on her, for do sure. You, do you find that the older she gets, the less, the more vague she gets in terms of giving you information? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the yes. look on your face said it all, dude. Yes. There's a lot more of that. Like, I don't, like, they all have tickets, and I'm not... Like, it's all good. Like, I'm not worried about her going to the game today or or, or that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, like, weird stuff happens when you're in big crowds and all that. And I'm always stay with the group, stay with your friends. Right. You know, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's that kind of stuff. It's not anything. It's nothing major. But it's like stay on point, you know, and, and think about what's going on and know your surroundings. Pay attention to what's happening around you. Uh, it, 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 brought, it gave me a flashback just listening to you. And here's what happened. Um, when my oldest daughter got married. Um, in November of 2020, yeah. Um, you know, the dad gets up in front of everybody, and I get up and I give my, you know, testimony to my daughter and my son-in-law. Yeah, I'm giving a speech about, you know, what, you know, uh, between between me and my wife and his parents, you have over 80 something years of marriage here. Right. So where, and, and I gave the stat. I said in America today, more than 60 percent of marriages end in divorce. True. I said, but you have over 80 something years worth of marriages here, which means there's a commitment involved here. Come come hell or high water. You fight through it together as one. It makes you stronger and not weak. And it's because it's my daughter. 
you know, Josh, I expect you to take care of my daughter the way your dad and I took care of our wives. And, and I'm looking at all the men in the room and, uh, you know, talking about, and I'm talking about your daughter being these precious gems and all these men are crying and I'm getting <laughs> emotional. Right. Right. And then I look towards where my son's sitting at a table with his girlfriend and stuff. And he's looking like, well, what about me? So I said, son, <clears throat> it's not that we love you less. Don't get me wrong. And the whole place busted out laughing. <laughs> we love you as well as we do our daughters. But if there's something about the daughters we put on a different pedestal yeah. in terms of their well-being, their happiness, and stuff like that. Now, when you establish th- certain things in your home, you know, they be just they they, they become just second nature and we always told our kids when they had to be teenagers and stuff look just let mom and i know where you're going right. just if something would happen you broke down you get hurt so we know where you are if we have to start tracking you and stuff right you know my kids are all grown up and the girls are married with their families they're still the same way today you know yeah you and my son you know hey i'm going to such and such place yep. we're not picking up on you you no. know because whether we say don't go or not you're gonna have to make that decision and do it yourself yes okay so we don't even go to that point it's just just let us know. Give us an indication of where you're going in case something, God forbid, catastrophic. Happens. I agree. You know, but you do have a little bit. You, you, you look at your daughters differently. Yeah, I think I think there's th- there's the old adage. First of all, I agree. And my big thing is, like, if I text you, just return the text. Like, I'm not I'm not same thing you were saying. Like, I'm not right. trying to be all over you right, and, and right. know every little detail. But if I say, hey, you know, what's going on? What, where, what time are you going to be home? I need you to hit me back. But the, the other thing is. There's the old adage, like, um, I treat everybody fair, but yeah. I don't treat everybody yeah. the same. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I might love your brother one way and love you another. I still love you both. I'm just right. loving you differently. And that's yeah. okay. There's, yeah. There's nothing because, wrong with that. Because you have different interests with each kid. Right. You know, like my son, you know, he likes sports. He was a musician. He's a great artist. Mm-hmm. My middle kid, my daughter, she's an incredible artist and she's more of a thinker. You know, yeah. she's more analytical. Yeah. My oldest daughter is like me. She, my oldest daughter looks like my wife in a face wise, nose and mouth, but she has a personality like me. Yeah. Yeah. We don't wear our emotions on our sleeve. You don't know what we're thinking half the time. Right. We're not, we're not outwardly emotional for the yeah. most part. But I find that I, as I get older, you know, you become a little bit more emotional, like, just my brother and my nephew surprised me on Friday. Got yeah, that got you. Yeah. Like, it gets you, you know. Yeah, yeah. And 10 years ago, I would have said, hey, you know, give him a hug. Come on in. You know? yep. But it's like, wow, you know, uh-huh. you really you really went out of your way. Because my brother has such a busy schedule. And come to find out that him and my kids and, and Barrett were plotting this for a couple of weeks. That's great, man. And, you know, he shocked me. I mean, he lives in Arizona. They're in Minnesota. Him and his wife are in Minneapolis right now. They're yeah. working. They're doing. They have a business where they can go anywhere in the world and keep doing their business. They train. They train companies how to use these certain types of phones and stuff. Yeah. So the fact that he took away the time to hop on a flight at the last minute to come here, and because he tried to find a cheap flight, going home, he went from Philly to Atlanta back to Minneapolis. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And this is the guy. Him and his wife. They fly so much. They fly everywhere because they have so many free points with certain airlines. Yeah. But in this case, his wife is giving so many points away to her mom, sister, so they can fly out to Phoenix and see them and stuff. They didn't have many points, so he paid for this flight himself. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Okay. You know, but but it happened. So, but it's funny, and I, it just tickled me listening to you talking to you talk to your daughter. You had that military voice for a moment. <laughs> what? Okay, what are you doing? You go. So you're going there, and I'm thinking. I did the same thing, and they look. And you get to do- your daughter's like, Dad, really? I know. Really? And who was it? Somebody in here that just said a few moments ago, dads are suckers for their daughters. It's, it's true. true. It it's is so true. true. 
I think that? it was. I think it was Dank. Tell me if Dank, Dank, burrito. Hit, yep. hit, hit us up if it wasn't you. But yeah, I'm with you. Like, and and what's up, Christy? What's up, Forrest? What's up, Dank? What's up, Doc? What's up, Dion? What's up, Ray? What's up, Adam? Uh, Forrest, if I missed anybody, I apologize. My mom continues to give me direction and advice, not asked for to this day. I'm in my fifties, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I hear you. They're always going to be your parents, no matter what. It's um, true. And we're the same way now. You know, like I said, my, my kids are grown; they have their lives. Yeah. But my wife and I are the same way. We're always giving suggestions. You know, we're always concerned about them. You know, we we in some ways we still treat them like they're our kids. Hundred percent. And, and you see the kids now. You know, mom, dad, we get it. Okay, we get it. You know, mm-hmm. we've heard the story, but. That's never going to change. A true parent never stops parenting, no matter how old your kids get. Never ends. And I say that to him, and I'm like, you guys will see. Like you're, you're you know, you're annoyed yeah. now, but you'll see. Yeah. But I, yeah, I same way. Like my son, uh, he's home from college, and he's he's he, he's doing he's working an internship. He's he's doing other stuff to make money, whatever. And I'm always like, all right, you know, don't no, take it easy. Don't drive too fast. And he's always like. <laughs> You know, like, come on, Dad. But it, it you can't help yourself, man. It's just, and you, it's just, and you know what? Forest Hill, Forest Hill is so correct. Moms to sons and dad to daughters, special bonds. True. M- my son is the youngest. Now, my son is 31. Okay. Yep. We 32 in August. Even to this day, if my wife is mad at him, he sneaks up on her like Eddie Haskell, and he just gives her a kick, kiss on the cheek, and she melts like butter, and I'm sitting there looking at that. <laughs> so then those two turn it on me and go, look, Dad's jealous, isn't he? He's jealous. And I'm uh, like, I'm not jealous. I'm just sitting here in amazement that you fall for this every time with him. And you just, well, she, in, in, in her standard line is, but he's my son. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm your husband, and you know, sometimes you give me the cold treatment. You know, uh-huh. but if I do something you don't like, you know, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Look, Big William, same here, D Gun. You know what I'm saying? It's the family, the family dynamic is so interesting. I, I think, and, and I have a lot of friends today, and you know, once you get to know them well, you hear the stories about tension in a lot of families and about how some family members don't talk to certain family members. I mean, this is your blood, sure. and they don't talk because they have disagreements. See, my wife and I came from families that the bond is so strong that even if you had disagreements, you're still there on the holidays. You're still there for the special moments. If the sibling calls you and say, I need your help with something, you're there in a flash. You drop what you're doing and you're there in a flash. And that's the way we raised our kids, mm-hmm. you know, and our kids, you know, we have, we had all three of our kids in just, we had them in like three years, 11 months, just under wow. four years. Yeah. So they're all close. Yeah. Now they have the differences of opinions at time, rarely, but they're still there for each other. At right. all times, you know, that's awesome. and that's what, and that's what the family bond should be. Unfortunately, Rob, there's a whole lot of family bonds out there that are fractured beyond repair. Yep. And I always tell this story. I mean, I hate to get off in these tangents, but I think it's important because we have such a good following. My mom passed unexpectedly in, in August of 1977. You know, we okay. thought she, we thought she had pneumonia. She had asthma her whole life. She okay. goes to the hospital next day. The doctor's call say, you know, you know, Mr. Gunn, your wife is gone. So, and even at this stage, I always reflect back and I, and I share this with so many people. Thank goodness. The last conversation with my mother was not negative. It was the last thing I said, mom, I'll see you soon. You know, I'll see you tomorrow. Cause we thought she was go home, get medication, antibiotics, come back home. Think about the things you say to someone, no matter how harsh they are, that should be repaired because you don't want to sit there going, I wish I could have fixed this before it was too late. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my family value lesson of the day. Right. I don't care what it is in the structure of a family. Don't let it stay festered. Don't let it be an open wound. Repair it before it's too late because tomorrow's not given to you. 
No. Nothing's given to you. Now you're right. Yeah. That's well said. Well that's, said, man. That's my family well value for the day. It's a good way to start the show. I like yes. that. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And we appreciate it. I see everybody's uh, everybody's comments are really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting, man. I, I mean, seriously, about their family ties, like kind of what's what's going on. I get it. Not Look, unfortunately, some people, you know, deal with some tough parents, man, or yeah, deal man. with some tough, tough kids. And that's relatives. Even, even though you try, you've tried yeah. to mend those fences. Sometimes it, it can't yeah, be. Man. And that's a shame. That's a shame. But yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff, everybody. Appreciate it. Um, all right, Gunner. I got it. What isn't good is the Phillies. And um, oh my goodness, they lose again last night, four to three, to the Diamondbacks. Uh, they trail the series 0-2. The, the Diamondbacks will go for the sweep today with their best pitcher, one of the best pitchers in baseball, a kid from South Jersey. Uh, his name's Zach Gallon. Zach Gallon six and two with a two nine five ERA. He can bring it. He can bring it, and he's going against Ranger Suarez, who looks like he hasn't quite figured it out yet uh, since coming off the DL. But they're now 22-27 and going into play today, um, and they've lost seven of their last nine. Excluding those two games they won against the Cubs to close out that series, it's been a mess um, for them. And we're seeing a lot of the same patterns. Trey Turner 0-4 for last night. Uh Oh, stop stop right there. Yeah. You made a big mistake. Look at what Fitness Rebel just put up. You just made a big. She got on I me did. one day. I did. I as, ma- as a matter of fact, I did say hi to Fitness Rebel, and I brought up one of her comments where she said, "My mom leaves me alone." I, I think she said, "My parents leave yeah, me alone." Yeah, she said, "My parents leave me alone." Yeah. Yeah. No, I brought her up. I, all right, Fitness Rebel. I'm Dude, here. Let me Give tell me you something. Fitness Rebel. I'm, I'm giving you a hug. I'm getting we're hugging. Right Fitness now. Rebel got on me one day. You weren't on the show, and it was just me and Bear. Yeah. Fitness Rebel got on me, and, and it was my fault. But she, it's because she got on late. Right. You know, see, and did you you notice Fitness Rebel joins the show many times, three, four, five minutes late. I'm not calling you out, Fitness Rebel. I'm just defending Rob and I. If we don't see you when we go on right away, you missed the shout out. I'm just telling you, okay? But Fitness, Fitness Rebel, Rebel, it's all good. We love you. We love you. I would not Whoa. mess with Fitness Rebel. I would not mess with her. So whatever, whatever. I'm good. We're good. We're good, Fitness Rebel. All good. Yeah, no, I I, I think I, I I definitely brought your comment up. I know that. Um, Dank Dorito said she blocked me, so I'm in the doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one of the challenges, and this is a good thing. It's not a, it's not a, a knock on anybody, but we, we, we get so many good comments. They go fast and furious. I know. And they leave your screen sometimes, and you don't have time to get to them. So it's all good. Yeah, See, D- Duck Wynn says she's a regular. She didn't get a shout out that she deserves. D- yes, she did. But I, you just, Duck, you missed what I just said. When we do the shout outs, Rob does them off the top of the show right away. If you're not there right away and he doesn't see you, sometimes if you don't see, you're not going to get the shout out. Uh, it's exactly. Not, it's like uh, it's like Nino Brown said. It ain't personal. It's always <laughs> business. <laughs> no, but listen, man. We, first Uh-oh, of all, Barbara Carroll. Barbara Bar- just got here, D Gun. Barbara, let me Hi, give you a shout out now before you come back at us the way Fitness Rebel did. So, well, we don't want to take unnecessary darts on this show today. Yes. Um, oh man. No, you guys are the best. We, uh, first of all, we especially love our regulars, but we love everybody. Everybody who's who who hops on, who takes the time yeah. to comment, we do appreciate it. We do. We love you guys. Like so I said, I, so I didn't mean to break your chain of thought. Group hug. I apologize. No, it's okay. It's, it's okay. funny, man. If you um, don't give shit out, certain people take it personal, dude. I listen. I know. I listen. I get it. We all want to be acknowledged. I totally, totally get it. Um, yeah. So no, just real quick though, what's starting to happen here, Derek, especially with the home games, they're drawing great as we talk. Yes, they are. 
but in last night was bark at the park. It was, it was funny seeing the dogs and all that kind of stuff. And Brian Dawkins killed, take me out to the ball game, by the way. He crushed it. He crushed wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. He crushed it. Really? He, he, he did well. He did I text, fine. I, said, I texted that dude, you tone deaf. I said, dude, you sing it. He was having fun at the field. What, what the heck did he say? I said, dude, I've heard you sing. You're tone deaf. And I forgot what he said. He gave me a he gave me a shot back. Forgot what he said, but oh my goodness! No, she he, he's great. And by the way, Christy, I thank you, and we appreciate we 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 saw you, we saw Fitness Rebel, we saw some of the other folks when we when we weren't on, we we, we a little hiatus when we were back. We saw you guys in the support, so thank you. We we do appreciate. It. Um, so uh, so what's starting to happen with even you know with the great crowds? People are still showing up, and you know it's awesome. But they're getting frustrated, Derek, and they're starting to voice yes. that frustration through booze. And, you know, Trey Turner goes over four last night. He started hearing it. He started hearing some booze. You know, he's down to 251 on the season. Two, he's got a 297 on base percentage. Oh. And a 382 slugging percentage. I mean, he, these he are came the- out of, he came, Turner came out of the gate busting, man, just like he did in the, in the World Baseball Classic. He came yeah. out of the gate hitting. All of a sudden, he's gone in this nosedive, dude. Uh, no. and, and, Rob, I hate to say this because yesterday – my comment yesterday about the Phillies had been consistent and, and we had Ben Davis on yesterday. And I said, I'm going to give this team until the end of June. I think yeah. may is the dark cloud over this Phillies team. Mm-hmm. There's something about may after watching yesterday, last night's game, which for the second game in a row, they let the opposition get the early lead. Then they rally to get close. And then they turn around and give the lead away again, right back. The next thing, the very next half inning, yep. Rob, I sit here today and I say to you in our chat, why are you smirking? You don't even know what I'm, I'm going to say. Wait, I'm waiting. Go ahead. They're not a good team. They are not a good team as we sit here today. <laughs> they get the pitching. They don't get the hitting. They get the hitting. They don't get the pitching. Yep. There's no cohesiveness with this team. I don't care about, and I've said this since the season started, I don't care about how many injuries they've had. Even without Bryce Harper, they still have enough firepower. Even without Suarez, even without Alvarado, they still have enough arms. They have a luxury most teams don't have. They've had the the overall nucleus of that roster to get over a lot of the roadblocks that they've endured in terms of team health. They keep stumbling against these teams that they should be smoking. They're like 19th in the league in home runs with that firepower. I agree with Derek. 19th? One of the things I always do is I step back and I say to myself, all right, what does this team do well? You know, with the Eagles, it it was easy to identify. They got after the quarterback. Uh, they had a prolific passing game w- with 2,000 yard receivers. They had a quarterback playing at an elite level. You know, there, were, there was a lot to like. There was a lot you could hang your hat on with that Eagles team. What does this Phillies team do well? Like you just said, they don't hit the long ball. They are not clutch. Their starting pitching has has let them down in a massive way. You know, the ironic part is, yeah, out of Strom and Covey last night, those two pitched very well. Seven yeah, innings, three runs. Covey was dealing. Yeah, and they totally wasted it. But they don't. Their starting pitching has not been good. Uh, there isn't anything that they do particularly well. So if you're saying to yourself, well, is this a good team? No, you're right, Derek. They're not a good team. Um, They're not even close to a good team. So there isn't anything right now that you can, the only thing you can, you can say, and it's, it's getting old and I props to Bryce Harper after the game, he said, we got to start looking in the mirror and I don't hear any more of this. It's earliness, but that's the only thing you could say is, Oh, they've only played 
29 games or whatever, 49 games, excuse me. Right, right. That's all you can say. Like, if that's all you can say, that's a bad sign of what's happening with this team right now was, oh, they've only, it's early. It's not early anymore. You know, we're, we're, we're almost at 50 games now. It's not early anymore. So it, it's time for them to start, you know, putting together. I, I, I saw Adam's, uh, Adam had a question and he said, John, he was listening to John Johnson last night on the overnight on WIP and John's, I think he said calling for, he, I think he said that John was calling for uh, Rob Thompson's head. I, I no. didn't hear, I, I didn't hear it, no. but, but, but here's what I would say. I'm not, I'm so not there. You can't just do the merry-go-round here with, with managers. Like it was Kapler, it was Girardi. Now it's Rob Thompson. At some point, the players have to be the accountable ones. Yes. And this is not on Rob Thompson. The Trey Turner has forgotten how to hit. That's not Rob Thompson's fault. All he can do is trot him out there every day. This is a player issue as far as I'm concerned, Derek. No question about it. The mental mistakes that they're making, booting balls, balls hopping over the gloves, miscommunication, swinging at bad pitches, everybody's swinging for the fence. It's like an epidemic of what you're taught not to do in baseball. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it at the major league level. Yep. It's all happening at once. And, and Barbara's Barbara Carroll is right in the sense that it's still early, and it's early yet. The NL East, uh, really, the whole NL is kind of mediocre. Yeah, you are hundred percent correct. But here's the, here's where I differ. You look at most teams in the National League; they don't have the depth that this Phillies team does. Yep. They don't have the versatility that this Philly Phillies team does. Now, I look at a team like, let's say, is it Tampa. Tampa, they don't have a problem, do they? <sighs> no, I, I, okay. I mean Tampa's Tampa got out to a, an insane, okay. insane start. Yeah, I mean if you if you look at the National League, the, the Braves are ten games above five hundred, so yeah, you know, yeah. they're doing something right. Um, Minnesota's starting starting to creep up. Uh, oh, I, mean, uh, I mean the Mets. I'm sorry, the Mets. The Mets are. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, the Mets are now over five hundred. Um, you know, Milwaukee, that division's been okay. It yeah. hasn't been great. St. Louis has really started off poorly as well. You know, and then you're dealing with two teams in the West, one being the Dodgers. So you figure Dodgers have tons of starting pitching injuries that they're dealing with. Yep. Tons. And, look, and look at where they are. And, they're 12 right. games over 500. Exactly. Exactly. Look, look at Arizona. Everybody thought Arizona, and still, Arizona, they thought Arizona was going to be a bottom dweller. Mm-hmm. Arizona's caught fire. Good young team. Yeah, pitching. good young team. They're, bu- I, they're, they're a bunch of kids finding their way. Arizona was so bad, they traded all their star players a few years ago. These are the kids they're bringing up mm-hmm. that are starting to flourish. They're nine games over 500. Here's the biggest thing you ask yourself about the Phillies. They went on a crazy, like, six-week run between, you know, pl- really, I, I would say, I, I, I would expand it maybe to, like, eight weeks, so two months. They got really hot for two months and rode it into the playoffs and had an unbelievable playoff run. But there was a lot of mediocrity before that and a lot of bad play before that. So, you know, who are the the, the real Phillies? You know, please stand up. I mean, yeah. that's really what it is. I, and right now, they look a lot more like the mediocre team that, that played for the first three months last year or whatever than the team that, that caught fire. That's really what it comes down to. No question. There's no yeah. question about it. And I understand a lot of people are down on Trey <clears throat> Turner because of the the credentials he brought here. Okay. And because of what we watched him do in the World Baseball Classic, everybody was salivating about putting this guy in the top two or three of the batting order. And it started out great early in April, and all of a sudden it's fizzled now. So, like we always talk about, 
Phillies fans, when you're going great, they're going to be behind you 100%. But when you start to fizzle, they're going to let you know. I didn't think Trey Turner would start getting booed in May. But I think a lot of times, look at what has happened, it's justifiable. No doubt. You know, it's not like he was asked to come in here and be the heart and soul of this lineup. Mm -hmm. He's got good hitters in front of him. He's got good hitters behind him. All he has to do is do his job, which is to hit. And he hasn't done it consistently. Yep. And it's, it's, it's like an epidemic with this team. You know, Schwarber, I mean, let's face it. And I look at Schwarber's stats in his career batting average and stuff. Okay, right now Schwarber's below the Mendoza line, and he's going to continue to be below the Mendoza line. That's yeah, not one seventy. Yep. Okay, so 173. Um, but what did he hit like last year? 219, 220. But he had what, 46 home runs? Yeah, I mean. That's, just, that, that's what it's his forte. It's just who he is. Yeah, he was 218 last year. Okay, so that's so some things with this team we have to just accept. Now, Schwar- now, now Schwarber, he really caught fire in June, so June yeah. can't get here soon enough for me. Yeah. This pitching staff is slowly but surely going to get healthy, so that can't happen soon enough for me. But the longer they play this mediocre baseball, the more people are going to be sour on this team. They're still going to go because they know the potential's there, but still, they're going to let them know it. They're, these people are paying good money to see a much better product on the field than the Phillies are putting. I don't think in any way, shape, or form Rob Thompson's job is in trouble this season. Not for the next month or so, but this season, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. Because that's a bad message if you go from Girardi to Rob Thompson to another interim. And you just signed Rob Thompson to an extension last fall. Mm-hmm. It's a bad message. I don't see that happening with this team. I don't either. I don't for one second. All right, let's step aside. We'll come back, set our sights on the birds. We're going to look at uh, a couple things. Like how we got a little feisty with uh, with Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk when asked about the whole tampering Jonathan Gannon thing. We'll talk about that. Uh, but also look at the depth here on both sides of the ball and because that was one of the great strengths of this team. Yep. You know, they, they lost a lot of people during the season, Derek. Not for long stretches, not for the season. But we're able to get through three, four games because of the depth that they have. Yep. So we'll we'll look at uh, the depth that they have going into this season and see if it compares and how, you know, if it's better or worse, whatever the combination is. All right. So we'll do that when we come back, get into some Sixers. We will certainly get into some NFL stuff. We got plenty to do here on this Wednesday. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes. Great sponsor of the show and the channel. I've been going there since I was a kid. So I can tell you from firsthand experience how good Bravo Pizza is. They've been family owned since 1985. You got Alex and the entire crew just cranking out fresh food every single day. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. I love the upside down personally. That's my go-to. But they also have this really cool feature, the you name it, they'll make it. Okay, Specialized pizza however you want it. And they don't just do pizza. You up for pasta? How about a sandwich? How about wraps? How about wings? How about salads? All kinds of choices. Bravo Pizza is committed to the community as well. They have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. In fact, they raise money for the Eagles Autism Foundation as well a couple weeks back. You can follow them on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305. Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. That's 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Got fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. back that is Derek Gunn I am Rob Ellis we're hanging out with you on this Wednesday we're sports take let's smash that like button friends if we could uh and tell a friend about the program appreciate it all right uh let's talk some birds Derek so I don't know if you saw this Howie uh Roseman was a guest of Mike Florio and pro football talk and and Florio went at him pretty good uh regarding the tampering charges uh which were settled on draft night uh, between the Eagles and the Cardinals over Jonathan Gannon. And, um, you know, Howie, I, I think Howie got a little, little testy, I would say, uh, called Mike a conspiracy theorist yeah. uh, at one point. I'm paraphrasing here. It got a little, little contentious, but I think all, all is good now. Um, here, here's my guess. And you're so connected on the inside here. You, you, you certainly may have a, a deeper understanding of this. This is just my 
from the outside looking in. I think the Eagles were annoyed, not shocked because it goes on in the league. Um, but I think they were annoyed and it's compounded by the fact that they lost and it, you know, it didn't, it wasn't necessarily a great look for him as the coordinator, although I put more on the players than I do him. Um, so I think it was a combination of things, but what, what's your sense of it? Um, I think it was, it was annoyed because, you know, we also heard the rumor that Vic Fangio could have been their, their D coordinator and stuff like that. Um, the Eagles don't like to have any egg on their face. You know, and the Eagles take pride in the fact that they try to do everything above and be above reproach at all times. So this was a situation they didn't like being in. Unfortunately, they were a part of it. Um, I thought Howie, I I texted Howie and I told him, I said, I thought you did a masterful job handling the situation. First of all, you know, Mike Florio did what he's supposed to do. He has asked the questions. And when you're in that kind of seat, you understand no matter what kind of relationships you have, with people, there are certain topics that have to be pushed, whether you get the answer you want or not, because you're not doing your job. And I thought how he handled it masterfully in terms of not saying anything. You know, he answered the question, but he didn't really answer the question, you know. Right. And, and I thought, you know, if, if I'm sitting in Howie's seat, I'm thinking, do you honestly think that I'm going to just sit here and just tell you exactly everything that went down? You know, how it went down? No. That's not what you do. There's a certain unwritten code of ethics that you don't don't break. So both guys handled it as well as you could possibly handle it. It seemed like it got a little tense at times, but you know you see them both laughing at the end. Uh, you know, right. you know, basically, we agreed not to agree on how it should have been it should have been answered. Uh-huh. You know, uh, plain and simple. I think you know when and when I looked at the interview, I didn't watch it live, but when I looked at it. And of course, you see all the comments on social media. Oh man, it was it wasn't as bad as as social media. Oh, not at all. It never is. Try to yeah. make it out to be. I agree. I agree. You know, try to blow it up. You yeah. know, um, but it's a topic that you want to put as an organization. You want to put behind you soon as possible. You know, it's going to come up periodically. And from Florio's standpoint. I have this rare opportunity to sit with one of the high-ranking officials of the Eagles, one of the two teams it pertained to, and I've got to grill them. You mm-hmm. know, it's my credibility on the line. No doubt. You know, people know me as a person, and I was the same way, Rob. I, I, I can't, I've told you the story time and time again. In all my years of covering the NFL, there have been times that I've had to ask players certain questions on camera, mm-hmm. and you can tell by the look in their faces. If anybody else had asked a question, they may not have given them an answer, but they would have been like, you know, who are you to ask me this question? With me, they were shocked like, D-Gun, I thought we were boys. Right. Why you put me in a spot like this? And then we've had discussions later. And every one of them, I can honestly say, knock on wood, every one of them has been fixed in a matter of a quick conversation after the fact, whether it's after the media scrum has left away and I'm still standing there, or later in the locker room session, or the next day, or later in the week. Right. And when we go back and forth and we tell our sides, it's like, okay, my my standard line is has what did I ask you that somebody else hasn't already asked you or you know that was going to be asked of you and they've yeah. always been yeah you're right you know you look look dude you got a job to do I have a job to do yeah. it's my credibility yes you know and it's always been I've never never walked away in all the years I've covered this game with someone that says you know what Degon I'm done with you never. yes no. I agree I agree I, I think the biggest thing that you have to convey is. Like you just said, I have a job to do. It's not personal. I'm not taking cheap shots at you. 
I'm asking this for a reason because it's something that the fans want to know, or I it'll it'll help get to the bottom of something. Now you have every right to dance around it, not answer me, but I have to ask the question. And that, I've gone back and had to explain that to athletes, and, and most of the time, they're receptive, they get it. Yeah, uh, that's how you do it. Like, I, I, like I'll get the backup plan. I let me put an example. Started when Howie, uh, I told Howie not to raise his eyebrows. Right. So I, I think that's it's stuff like that will set somebody off. I don't care who you are. Uh, I, like right. If you're having a conversation with someone who, where it may get a little bit heated, if you're like, hey, don't, don't raise your voice or raise your eyebrow to me, you're like, yeah, you know, whatever. And then right. it escalates from there sometimes. So anyway, yeah. Well, I see that, but that's trying to probe, that's trying to uh, probe an emotion out of a guy. Yeah. See, and how he's smart enough not to fall for that kind of bait, you know. I agree. I agree. So he, I thought he handled it well. Yeah. Um, all right. So a couple things, Eagles wise. So they're they're working out, Derek. Uh, DJ Fluker, the offensive lineman. Yep. He actually his time goes back to Alabama with Jeff Stoutland when Stoutland was coaching there before he came to the Eagles. Um, apparently, he's dropped forty pounds. He's desperately trying to get back in the league, and I I've seen some couple video clips of him. Right. He looks jacked. Yeah, he's in, yeah. He, whatever it is, I don't know how how much he can still play, but he's in shape. I'll give him that much. So we'll see. I mean, it's a perfect lead-in for what we're going to be doing today with some depth because there's some, I think there's some depth issues here uh, with the Birds squad. Mm. That's for sure. Um, all right, well let, let's let's start there on the offensive side then. Speaking of DJ Fluker. All right, well, here's what we know about quarterback. We we're, we're, so again we're hitting the backups mm. here and the guys who are going to be depth people. They bring in Marcus Mariota, yep. who, you know, a skill set wise, he can certainly run a lot of the stuff the Eagles like to run. He is not the passer that Jalen Hurts is, but he's a backup right. quarterback. And by as backup quarterbacks go, he's not a bad one for sure. Then it's Ian Book. Then it's Tanner McKee, the kid they drafted out of Stanford. I think three is up for grabs. Uh, I think two is a lock, but it's Mariota. Um I think I think McKee's going to be a long shot simply because he plays a much different game and style. Like Book's got mobility, uh, he he would fit sort of the the mold a little bit more in my estimation. But they still, you know, use the draft pick on the guy. What do you think about uh, quarterback spot? Um, start with Marcus Mariota, and and the first thing that comes to mind is is he any better than what they had in Gardner Minshew? You know, because when you look at you when you look at Mariota's career, you know, I thought especially with the collegiate career that he had, he would be a perfect fit for Tennessee. And for whatever reason, it just didn't pan out with him. And as if you look at his career, he goes from a four-year starter to a habitual backup now. His best season in the NFL was his second season. He threw 26 touchdowns and only nine interceptions, and he still completed 61.2% of his passes. Right. And he was only sacked 23 times in his second year in 2016. Mm -hmm. Now, completion percentage-wise, his best year was 2018 when he completed almost 69% of his passes, but he only had 11 touchdowns and eight interceptions. And since then, you know, it's just been a decline. You know, he played 13 games with the Falcons last year, and he had 15 and nine when it comes to interception, uh, I mean, touchdown to interception ratio. So I don't know what Marcus Mariota is to this offense, to Nick Sirianni. I think he was the best available out there when they went in search of a backup quarterback once uh, Minshew decided to move on to Indianapolis. Yeah. But I don't know if he's an upgrade over Minshew 
obviously that won't be determined uh, until you have to see him in a game situation. Unfortunately, it, it won't be because Jalen Hurt hurts is hurt. Ian Book, I think Ian Book is basically is what the Eagles like to do. Um, they like to try to find these young quarterbacks and maybe develop them into being a solid backup. The Eagles have been known for years of trying to develop a young quarterback. And sometimes we've seen them make changes throughout the season. Well, this quarterback didn't work. Let's try this kid. You know, um, I think after Mariota, you're right, it's wide open. You know, because you don't just go out and just grab another quarterback. Now, 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 from this perspective, when it comes to training camp, you want to have as many backups as you possibly can have for, you know, to, to take a lot of pressure off the arms. Does this kid, Tanner McGee, have any NFL pedigree? He's 6'6", 230 pounds. You know, the Eagles use a sixth-round draft pick on him, but he's not a guy who's going to get on the field for, for this team in any way, shape, or form. Is he worthy enough to be a practice squad type player for this guy? Remains to be seen. Yeah. I can't wait to see how it unfolds come training camp in terms of what the Eagles actually saw in McGee to make them use a six round pick on him. And, and obviously I hate to say this, but not many teams around the NFL thought much of him. If he was still on the board right. in round number six. Yeah. No, you know what I, I mean? It's a fair point. It is a fair point. Hey, by the way, so, so you have veterans uh, availability at, at the Novacare complex as we speak. Uh, pass along tidbits as, as we get them. But uh, Devontae Smith said he spent the offseason rehabbing a toe injury, but mm. he's fully healthy now and he's ready to roll. So he was dealing with something, you know, either during that playoff run in Super Bowl or afterwards uh, that he's been rehabbing for the last few months. But he said he's good to go now. So I'll, I'll pass along any kind of information like that that we get. Um, all right. So speaking of DJ Fluker, Derek, you, you look at the offensive line. I'm going to jump to the offensive line. Then we'll go, we'll go running back and receiver and tight end. But, you know, I I, I don't frankly love the depth. Um, you know, you added Tyler Steen. Yep. Which, you know, it, it's they he played tackle in college, but they think he's more of a a guard because of the the length of the arms. Um, but you know, you get beyond him. If you take Steen out of this thing for a minute, you know, your, your depth at left tackle, I'm just looking at their depth chart. It's, it's Brett Toth, Brett Toth, yep. excuse me. Yep. It's Roderick Johnson and it's uh Chim Akorafor. Uh, that's at left tackle at right. Tackle. Now granted, these guys can move from the left to the right, especially the backups. Yep. There's Jack Driscoll. Who's probably the most versatile of any of their backups. Uh, it's Julian Good Jones and Trevor Reed. That's at the tackle spot. At the guard spot, it's Sua Opeta. It's Fred Johnson. It's Tyler Steen. It's Tyrese Robinson and Josh Sills. You know, that's uh, there's not a lot to, other than Driscoll. It's a little thin there. Well, you have Opeta also who can yeah. play yeah. multiple positions. I think I don't think the depth chart on the offensive line as we know it today will be the same by the time this team hits their ground running for the regular season. Um, I think as of right now, it's about depth and getting getting a look at a lot of guys at this stage. Now that look is very limited because the OTAs is the last look we're going to see of these players until they hit training camp since they're not doing a mandatory camp in June. And I think they'll sit and evaluate and add some other. Don't be surprised if they add one or two more veteran pieces to that offensive arsenal. 
the closer you get to training camp, as we talk about, the more guys get desperate to get back in the NFL uniform and will take less. And if I'm a back, if I'm a, if I'm an offensive lineman still sitting out there, why wouldn't I want to come to Philadelphia? Um, number one, I'm playing with a team that came within three points of winning the Super Bowl. And I'm with arguably the best offensive line coach in the game who can help me enhance my game. Even if I don't play much here, it will help help me enhance my game to where I could parlay that into something more meaningful after this year. Mm -hmm. A lot of those names that you just mentioned won't be here come September. We know Driscoll will be here unless there's an injury. We know Apeta will be here unless there's an injury. Okay. Um, But I think it's, it's ever revolving. That's the one thing about Howie. Howie does not stand pat. The coaching staff does not stand pat in terms of, okay, are we as good as we need to be? Are we as deep as we need to be? Are we as versatile as we need to be? And maybe these kids that we're looking at today, these kids with promise, are not showing it quick enough to our satisfaction, which is why they went out and got Indomakasu last year. And when they went out and got more veteran presence in certain positions last year, because they weren't satisfied with what they already had on the roster. I see that happening again with this roster as we go into training camp and, of course, as we get closer to the regular season. All right, that's so that's the O-line. Let's go running back. This is a position where you feel like they do have depth. The concern is your one-two are guys who have had uh, you know, pretty long injury history. So they, they signed Rashad Penny uh, from Seattle to, to a cheap deal in the offseason, and then they make the trade during the draft to get DeAndre Swift, who, you know, he didn't get much up either. But the problem is both guys are incredibly talented. If you look at Penny's yards per carry, they're really good, really, it's really high, really strong. And if you look at Swift's ability to break off big ones, catch the ball out of the backfield, he can do a lot of different things. There's a great versatility there. If those two stay healthy, it's an awesome one-two punch. But they don't usually stay healthy. So right. what you have behind them is good, but you need them to be good. It's Kenneth Gainwell and it's Boston Scott and maybe Trey Sermon. I don't know how many running backs are going to end up keeping, but I feel pretty good about the depth there. I do. Um, I think the backfield on paper is better this year than it was last year. And it was pretty good last year. You know, you look at the career year Miles Sanders has, but you look at the capability and the, and the possibilities of both Swift and Penny. They are proven commodities in the NFL. Penny is a tough runner with the ability to break away from pursuers. Swift is like a, a Miles Sanders. You know, he can make you miss. He can lower his shoulder. Except, you know, I think Swift is a tougher runner yeah. than Miles Sanders in terms of breaking tackles, although Miles had his best year in terms of getting yards after your initial contact. Then we go from Gainwell, who we thought would be the, the lead back, to now possibly the number three back, which is not a bad luxury to have when you get all the way down to number three. Mm-hmm. Most teams don't have quality one and two. Now you're talking about three deep. And we know what Boston Scott is. We know Boston Scott is as tough as nails. A small guy gets behind those linemen. You can't find him half the time. Great burst um, after initial contact. Never goes down after initial hits. They have a quartet that is very complementary to each other. And while they do have different styles, they all can do similar things. They can catch it. They can run it. They can get you the extra yards. The, uh, the first two, well, Swift Swift and, 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 and uh, Penny, when they line up, they also are mismatches. If you want to line them up out wide or in a slot, you know. So they give. I think it's a deeper backfield. The, the, the big issue is 
as deep as it looks right now, it could be real thin if those first two guys go down with injuries like they have career-wise. Agreed. But right now on paper, I love the I love the the, the quality and the depth and the versatility of this backfield. Yep. Well said. Derek, here's I don't think we and I mean like you know, us or anybody is talking about this enough. So you love the first two receivers for the Eagles, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. What's not to love? But man, you get beyond that. It's Alameda Zacchaeus, who, okay, you know, if you want to say that's an upgrade from Zach Pascal, fine. You know what you have after that? Not much, man. Mm. It's Greg Ward, mm. Joseph Nagata, Devin Allen, Britton Covey, Charleston Rambo. Mm. You know, it, it, wow. it, it ain't great. Uh, you know, there's Quez. Yes. We'll see how he bounces back. There's Tyree Cleveland and there's Jadon uh, Hasselwood. So, I mean, I guess you go, depending on how you view this, uh, Zacchaeus, Quez, or Quez Zacchaeus. But you get off, you get past that. It's a it's a fall off. It's a pretty good fall off. When I look at Zacchaeus, um, he that's a big question mark. I mean, the dude's five eight. Yep. You know, and in four years in Atlanta, he got lost in the shuffle playing behind guys, obviously that were high pedigree type receivers. The most catches he had in one season was last year, forty. Now, career-wise, he's averaged 14.1 yards per catch, uh, so he has ability. But is it enough? Is it an upgrade over Pascal? Don't know. I would say this about Quez Watkins. It's time for you to do a die. It's do a die. Yeah. Look at how quickly they gave up on John Hightower. You know, the, Everybody thought John Hightower had this ability to possibly be a good third or fourth receiver in the National Football League. His last year here, which was the first year under Nick Sirianni, he didn't even dress in the playoffs. He didn't even he didn't even play, you know, against New Orleans. So that tells you what the organization thought about him. Look, obviously, it's not what we thought about. Time to move on. They finally moved on from Jalen Rager. You know, they gave him every chance. Quez, this is your time. You have a lot to prove. There are a lot of people sour on you because of what you did not do more so than what you could possibly do. You made a couple of good catches stretching the field but you drop way too many passes with the type of speed that you have. You should have been more of a viable option in this offense. And yet you became a liability. Mm. Okay. So Quez, this is your time. And I don't know if Quez is going to make it out of training camp with this team, to be honest with you, if he doesn't improve significantly, there's a, the door is wide open for this team for Quez to be that legitimate, dependable number three receiver. I hope you spent your offseason working on all whatever the deficiencies you are, whether it's hand-eye focus, whether it's just securing the ball, whatever the case may be. I hope you spent this entire offseason working on those little things to show this coaching staff that you are not that same guy who kind of plotted through 2022 because Howie Roseman's not going to stand pat. You're only going to get so many looks in training camp yeah. before they decide to move on for, to another veteran who is sitting out there. Uh, waiting anxiously for somebody to call them and give them an opportunity. Well, I think you're right. And and the thing with Quez is his mistakes were really big ones. There was the Super Bowl, there was the Washington game, there was there was a lot of stuff that went on. It wasn't it wasn't just your kind of run of the mill stuff. And that that heightens, I think, the need for him to 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 really start off big. He like he's one of those guys, Derek. Even though it's hard to pay attention to these preseason games anymore because the starters never play, he'll play, and he needs to look really good in those games. And he needs to look really good in camp. 
like get it, get off to a fast start for sure. Um, all right, let's go well, to yeah. just to talk a little bit more about the receiving position. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at, I'm looking at some of the receivers out there that are still on the board. Okay. And this is a prime example, you know, T Y Hilton is still out there. Okay. He's 34, but he yeah. does have some quickness. Yeah. Uh, Nikhil Harry is still out there. He's 26. Um, Sammy Watkins is 30. He's still out there. Andre Roberts, uh, who played with Carolina last year. He's 35, but he's still out there. Rashad Higgins, who played with Carolina last year. He's still out there. He's 29. Now these are, okay, look, look, Laquan Treadwell, you know, Farrell Cooper, um, guys like that. Jake Cumro, Demarcus Robinson. There's still a bunch of guys out there. They're not, they're not guys that you're salivating to get in here, but they're guys that have been around the league quite a while, 29, 30, 34, 35. Um, Julio Jones is still out sitting out there. Did he officially retire yet? Uh, no, he has not okay. retired. Okay. So Julio Jones pedigree. All right. He may not be the receiver. What that he was in terms of breakaway speed, but what he is, is a shorthanded receiver. So Julio Jones could come in here for a bargain yeah. basement price in August as well. So Quez, if I were you, I'm looking at the free agent receivers that are still sitting out there, and I have to expedite my game plan right now because if not, you're going to be one of those guys sitting out there, and there's no guarantee that somebody's going to pick you up in a hurry. Everybody's seen the film of Quez Watkins. Everybody has watched him. Everybody and anybody who, who watches football from an organization standpoint is watching, watching that game between Kansas City and the Eagles. You know why? Because every other team is thinking, you know, we need a third or fourth guy. If this team gets rid of this guy, we could pick him up. Mm-hmm. But right now, as I'm sitting here, if I'm if I'm an organization sitting out there, I'm sitting here, I'm I'm going back and forth. Is Quez Watkins going to be any better than what he was with the Eagles? Do we even do we even waste a, uh, bringing him in here? Yeah. See that that's why I am with a, with, with a Quez Watkins. You know. Hey, listen, I hear you. I hear you. Um... All right, let's jump over to the other side then. Let's go over to uh, to uh, to the uh, defensive side. Um, if you look at D line, you know, you from a depth standpoint, you could consider Barnett, Matt Leo, uh, Jackson, Tyron Jackson, Janarius Robinson. If I think Jalen Carter is going to end up being a starter, but if he's not a starter, he would be considered in terms of the interior. Right. Uh, Contavious Street and the, the the guy that they drafted, Moro Ajomo, uh, he, he's another one. You know, it depends how you look at this in terms of linebacker and edge, but that would be the defensive line if you're considering, you know, Nolan Smith to be uh, to be an edge guy, a, a linebacker. So, but right. but anyway. Um, I, I, th- I think the, probably the way it'll go is Josh Sweat, Reddick on the outside, uh, inside Fletcher Cox and some combination of Jordan Davis and or Jalen Carter um, with Brandon Graham in the mix, with Derek Barnett in the mix on the edge. Inside could be Jackson, could be it could be a number of different people. Um, I feel OK there. I feel OK about the defensive line and the depth there. Yeah, you, you you had to get you have to get younger. I think Milton Williams is, is the key to this as well. He played 35, 36% of the snaps last year. And Milton Williams is, is a solid rotational player. 
Um, you know, unfortunately, because of injuries, Jordan Davis only played 20 percent. But Jordan Davis is going to have to uh, increase his numbers significantly because that's why you drafted him as high as you did because of his potential in, in there. Even if they don't go out and get a Linville Joseph or Indomitian Sue, I'm not I have no problem with with a D line right now. And I said it once and I know the, the reaction is mixed. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see. Which Derek Barnett returns? What is his value right now? Six seasons into his career, yeah, he lost value. He lost a valuable season. The Eagles are very good at holding on to players that we're screaming foul on. Brandon Graham is is the best at that. In terms of look at how he turned his career around. A Jordan Mailata, you're thinking, what the heck did you waste a seven round pick for on a rugby player? And look at where Jordan Mailata now is in his career. You know, people consider him one of the best left tackles in the game mm-hmm. already. And he's still learning the game at this stage of his career. And yet he's parlayed that into a great contract for himself. So the Eagles show up a lot of patience with certain players. And Derek Barnett is still here for a reason because they have refused to give up on him. They believe Barnett has potential to improve and be a better player for this organization. But this is a do or die year for Derek Barnett as, as, as well in terms of his tenure with the Philadelphia Eagles, not so much in terms of his tenure in the National Football League, because I think there's enough tape on him to show that Barnett does have capability of being a pressure type edge rusher. You know, he may not be an every down rusher, but he does, he could add quality depth to a team. So even if the Eagles decided to give up on Barnett, which I don't think they will, um, he'll find a job somewhere sooner rather than later if the Eagles let him go. But I do feel good about where this D-line is right now in terms of young guys who are now entering their second year and young and guys like a Josh Sweat who really blossomed. Brandon Graham is, is going to be Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham played 43% of the snaps. And I think there's Brandon Graham's role even this year, even though he's he's 35 now. Brandon Graham is going to play between 40, 45% of the snaps because of his experience, uh, especially in, in, when you consider down and distance in passing situations. Um, so I don't feel bad at all. But again, I go back to what I said before. Howie Roseman is still looking. No you know, he's always looking to improve somewhere. Yep. He's and always think, on the prowl. Yes. Yep. And, and I think true. it could be very similar to what we saw happen last year. If there's a facet of the D line that's not performing up to expectation, then they're going to go out. They're going to find another Linvale Joseph, another Indomica Sue to come in here and help solidify that particular position. And of course, we haven't even figured in the injury factor. They may have to do it out of necessity sure. if, if there's somebody with a devastating injury. Yeah, no, it, it's I. They again got very fortunate last year. Let's face it, uh, with with the injury situation. Um, all right, so you get beyond that linebacker depth uh, beyond the first two starters, which right now are Nicobe Dean and, and Nicholas Morrow. You have Christian Ellis, who, when he got an opportunity to his credit, did a real good job special teams and a couple other, you know, here and there, we'll get some some shots. Sean Bradley, who got hurt at the end of last year, is a real good special teamer. I don't know that I expect much from him, non-special teams, but uh, he's there. Davion Taylor, who you know, let's face it, has not lived up to the to the hype of where he was drafted. Then you start looking at Nolan Smith, who's more of an edge guy. It's Patrick yeah. Johnson. It's Kyron Johnson. So that's your your linebackers. Generally, this is an area where 
you wonder if they have enough. That that goes for starters and relievers. Losing losing TJ Edwards was huge in terms of uh, leadership, smarts, calling the defense, setting the defensive personnel in front of him, setting the linebackers. Who is that guy to assume that role now? We don't know. Somebody has to emerge and assume that role. Even if that role player, even if they decide to put N'Kobe Dean in the middle, there's going to be a growing pain for N'Kobe Dean in terms of quickly deciphering what he sees in front of him and getting everybody in the right position. That has nothing to do with his athleticism. It's now becoming the brain trust of a defensive front, of the front seven. Can can N'Kobe Dean handle that? He's going to have time to, to 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 time to figure all that out, mm-hmm. you know, between training camp, preseason games, and even though the Eagles like to uh, keep their frontliners like all teams do now out of preseason games, I would expect to see Nicobe Dean in some preseason situations to help get him up to speed. Obviously, it helps when you when when you're one of the teams that have the opportunity to face another team or another set of teams in training camp to go against in practice sessions, because as we found out. Those sessions are just as valuable, if not more so valuable, than preseason games now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. There's a big question mark. Is big question mark now? Who is the leader of the linebacking core right now? We don't know that. Way too yeah. early to tell. I think that's almost going to have to develop out of whoever plays the best. I, I guess it's yeah. It's not ideal right now. Um, all right, you go to corner. So surprisingly, you bring them both back. Um, Slay comes back, Bradbury comes back. We yep. also know that Avante Maddox is your is your your slot guy. So behind them, you have Greedy Williams, yep. you have Ke- Keely Ringo, yep. you have Zach McPherson, you have Josh Job. I mean, yeah, it's okay depth there. It's okay. I, I like I like the the front four of the cornerbacks. Yeah. I don't think you could ask for anything better. You have. Two two solid corners. They're getting a year older in Bradbury and Slay. Greedy Williams had, it was a second round pick at Cleveland, I believe. Um, Cleveland gave up on him. You know, one man. What is what's the old saying? One man's trash is another man's, man's treasure. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe he just didn't fit the scheme in Cleveland that they're running there. Maybe he fits uh, Sean Desai's scheme better here. That remains to be seen. But Greedy Williams can play. Um, Avante Maddox. We know what he is. So in terms of their front four cornerbacks. I don't have a problem with that. I think Keely Ringo is going to going to uh, emerge, maybe not this year, but I think he's going to emerge as a pretty good cornerback. Josiah Scott, Josh Job, the jury is still out on those guys. Uh, Job showed flashes. I mean, uh-huh. don't get me wrong. He showed flashes, but he also had flaws. That's understandable. He didn't get much playing time. You know, and, and you know when you're out there running around and bullets are flying for real, and, and as soon as the snap of the ball, things are moving a million miles a minute. You know, you're going to make mistakes as a young player. That's understandable. Zach McPherson, another guy who showed potential, played well in spurts, did not play well in other spurts. That's uh, that's understandable. But I love the depth. I love the starting depth here uh, in terms of the first four. When you talk about Bradbury, Slay, Maddox, and Greedy, um, and I love the potential of a McPherson. Josiah Scott, Joe, still, jury's still out. Ringo, he's a rookie. Yep. You know, he, he's got to grow naturally. But the good thing for him is he doesn't have to be pressured right now to jump in and be a frontline guy. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right. Uh, safety. You know, what's interesting, and this is just ESPN's depth chart. It's not the Eagles, but they have Sidney Jones listed ahead of Reed Blankenship. Mm. 
take it for what it's worth. But uh, if you want to assume Reed Blankenship, at least right now, a starter, um, fine. Uh, but it's re- would be Reed Blankenship and, and, and Terrell Ed- Edmonds. But you go mm-hmm. Sidney Brown, Kayvon Wallace, Justin Evans would be your backups there. Yeah. I think Brown could very well usurp one of those two guys as a starter. I do think you, that could happen. You think you think he'll be in there? He, not early. Be, not early. Not early. No. Yeah. And this will take at least eight-ish games. Reed Blankenship has the jump on him now because he's a year older and he has a year under his belt in the National Football League. I think once Sidney Brown gets get it, the it factor in terms of understanding what they're asking him to do, just based on natural ability, I think Sidney Brown will emerge as a starting free safety for this team. I love his hitting ability. I love his size to play that position. He has all the attributes you need to be a frontline guy. Um, Blankenship's going to hold him off only for so long. Who knows? Sidney Brown may wow them, and Blankenship will be this year what he was last year, a backup that will that will play sporadically. But you know, Kavion Wallace, I don't even know if he's going to make the team this year, to be honest. He's had his shot. Yeah. And he still has not done much to me to show that he is ready to step up and contribute significantly. Terrell, Terrell, Terrell Edmonds is that stabilizing force. He's a proven vet. And, you know, you heard me say earlier this year when they made that decision to get him, you know what, when, when a Mike Tomlin gets rid of a defensive player, you have, the first question is why? Yeah, right. Because Mike Tomlin is so good at assembling defensive players and, and, and assembling defensive cohesiveness from his guys. So if Mike Tomlin lets you go, first thing I want to know is why. But, uh, but, but I'm not going to knock that because Edmonds is only 26. Yeah. You know, so he's still a young dude. All right. But he was drafted in the first round in 2018 by the Steelers. Why did you give up on him so soon when he's still in the prime of his career? Right. And he was a free agent last summer as well and got yep. very little interest, went back there yep. on, on a very similar, you know, cheap yep. kind of deal. So, And he still didn't change their opinion of him. And he's out there now. Now he's with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. So I, I think he's that veteran stabilizing force in the back backside. But is he the right, is he the right piece to help hold down the back end of that Eagles defense? Too way too early to tell with him. All right. This has nothing to do with depth or anything like that. Just a nice little tidbit. So yeah. uh Jordan Mailata was the best man at Landon Dickerson's wedding over the over the uh offseason. So good to know those two are bonding. They're buds. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, Landon Dickerson hasn't been here that long. And and, and Mylotta, obviously him and Mylotta have emerged. When you think about all the play, you, you think about where Landon Dickerson played. He played at Alabama. Mm-hmm. A very close bonding uh organization down there. Yep. Um, that all turn out quality players. He's only known Jordan Mylotta for what, a little over a year? Yeah. And Mylotta emerges as his best man at a wedding, at his wedding. So that tells you how they fused in a short amount of time, you know, and they're going to be side by side, you know, throughout the course of this season, you know. So I think that's cool, man, that he picks my lotter to be his best man um, at his wedding. Can you imagine being at a wedding and you see two guys walking down the aisle? Yeah, and man. Blocking out the sun, big enough to block out the sun. Like this. you think, my goodness. That's some big cats at that wedding, man. Yeah, that's for sure. I don't think anybody's getting out of line. I'm sure there's some big relatives too, uh, you know, from where that comes from. Um, also, uh, Nicobe Dean said he wanted to play last year. You know, the team was rolling. The linebacking core was rolling. 
Uh, he gets it, but he's ready this year. So okay. good attitude. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that's, that's what you expect from him. Yep. This is his opportunity, and I'm sure during the offseason, as soon as the season is over, coaches have individual meetings with every player on the team. Yep. Coaches tell them what they think, what they're expected of them coming back, and that's when it's, the onus is on the player. Okay, this is how I've got to spend my offseason. Yep. Kobe Dean should have that, still have that proverbial chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. He went from being one of the best, if not the best, players at his position in college to dropping all the way to the third round, to sitting on a bench and watching more so than playing. This would be an unbelievable motiv- motivational year for Nicobe Dean. He's got a chance now to start on a team that went to the Super Bowl. They made they paved the way. They didn't bring back Edwards. They didn't bring back Kazir White. Yeah. The door is open for you now yeah. to step it's in and show us what man. you can do, man. You know. Mm-hmm. And so he's got to be jacked up with this opportunity to play on his defense. No question. All right. Uh, good Eagle segment there. We'll come back. Uh, we'll mix in a little Sixers. We'll give you an update on how the coaching search is going, who actually interviewed. What do you do with James Harden? Where's the jumping off point? Uh, Doc Rivers apparently heavily involved with another team. We'll get into all of that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you right now about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, right? Because finding that right person, person that you can trust, the person that you can entrust your money to, your hard-earned money for your future, it's an important person. And I, I, I took me a long time to find the right person to trust, and I found that right person with Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. It could be retirement planning, could be 401k review, could be your insurance review. You might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. Personally, I've entrusted my IRA and my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. And he's also always there. If you have any kind of questions, he is available. Give him a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. Hi. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Uh, all right. So dude, we're dude, hey, you, you can't see it, but my wife um, makes this incredible banana nut bread. And what she does, the trick is you wait till the bananas get ripe. Okay. Not, not rotten, but ripe. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get the sweetest bread, dude. Every commercial break, I'm sitting. I got a big log over here. Every commercial break, I'm big like, oh, log man. of it. Oh yeah, I, I cut a chunk before the show. Not a slice, so, a log of it. So every commercial break, I got a log in here, dude. And dude, this, this, oh my goodness, man, I can't get enough of this stuff. But you know, again, once again, deviating from the norm. So. No, you're you're trying to make me more hungry than I already am, and I'm hungry. But thank you, <laughs> like Tone said. D Gun, keep that stuff to yourself. Stop. I agree with her. Tone. Uh, yes, thank you, Tone. You know, Dude, you're, I you're, can't help it. I got lucky. I married an incredible cook, an incredible baker. Dude, everything she touches turns to gold. It's like, and I'm spoiled because when I go to certain restaurants, like Mexican restaurants, they're good Mexican restaurants, but Dude, I've been in a family of authentic cooks. And my wife, her sisters, her mom, her aunts. And it's like the food doesn't taste the same, you know? And there's certain other things that she made. Her baking, her cakes, her chocolate chip cookies. And she'll take a Hershey, um, she'll take Hershey's a Reese's kiss. Uh, yeah. Hershey kiss or a, a Reese's a small peanut butter cup. Oh. And she puts it in the center of them. Oh. And then, and, and, and dude, you talk, you pick up the cookies and, and they're, they're so soft. They like break in your hands. And the chocolate's just dripping. I'm sorry. You, I didn't you're mean, killing I, me. I mean, what, I'm, I'm what are you trying to do here? I'm sorry. Just, I, you're you're at one at one hand, you're praising your wife, which is beautiful, but you're making us starved on the other I'm hand. I'm right? sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm right. sorry. Oh man. Uh, but I hear you. I hear you. But I love oh man. You know what I love? I love the Reese's uh, peanut butter cup, either in the refrigerator or the freezer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. oh, oh. That is money. It's Dude. so good that way, man. It's oh, so good that way. Oh, yes. now you got me thinking. It's funny because I have like, I have a pack of Reese's in the fridge outside in the garage right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll scarf down. When That's I go next pick them break. Up. Oh, yeah. Well, well you got to yeah. do something. 
Yeah, you, you, you do something to entertain yourself. You know what I, I mean? I know. I know. Um, all right. We, we got a we shorty here, but let, let's dive into it. So the Sixers have interviewed Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel won a title, if you remember, in the bubble with the Lakers. Uh, the, the one that mad that, uh, that LeBron's won with the, with the Lakers. Um, and he was, you know, dumped not that long after that, but LeBron did sing his praises. He said, he's as prepared a coach as I've had and had a lot of nice things to say about him, which leads you to believe maybe it wasn't LeBron trying to boot him out the door. Anyway, um, he's coached, uh, 11 seasons in the NBA Pacers, magic Lakers. He's four thirty one and three eighty nine, which is a 52.6 win percentage. He's known as a preparation guy, uh, smart guy, hard work, all that. I, I don't know. He, he's not a real needle mover for me. He's just kind of eh. I, he's got local ties to the area, which doesn't matter to me. He's from <clears throat> Wildwood, but I, I don't really love it, to tell you the truth. Here's, here's the thing. Vogel is a defensive-minded coach. Yep. That's what this team needs. They need to improve their defensive prowess. He has a 56% winning percentage in the playoffs, 49 and 39. He's an old school coach. Maybe that's what this team needs, an old school coach. And the bottom line is, if J- if LeBron James endorses him, I'm all for it. Yeah. You know, I'm all yeah. for it. Yeah. Um and, and I think that's exactly what this team they need they may need. They may they're maybe not a flashy coach. They don't need the flashy coach. They need somebody who can get back to old school basics of fundamentals, I think. And I think he might be the guy. I, I like him a little bit better than you do. I'm not saying he's the answer, but I like him. When you look at all the candidates out there, yeah. I like him, uh, I think, a little more than you do. Well, I, I so it's interesting. The Sun, Apparently, the Suns' final four comes down to Nick Nurse, Doc Rivers, Kevin Young, who used to be an assistant at the Sixers with uh, Brett Brown. He was on Monty Williams' bench last yeah. year. Yeah. And, uh, and Jordy Fernandez, who's an assistant with the Kings, who had a really good year this year. So there, that's their final four. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the the one to sort of keep in mind. If Boston loses tomorrow night, and they lose in five games, and they lose on their floor, do they fire Joe Mazzulla? And would they then be in the mix for some of these guys, including Nick Nurse? I Could, I'm thinking the same thing, Rob. I'm yeah. thinking the same thing because um, just as was the case with Budenholzer in Milwaukee. You hear Boston fans screaming about this this guy um, not using timeouts properly, not making changes properly, just stopping oppositions, a run. Uh, he's 34 years old. Maybe he was too young for the job. Um, if that job opens up, that changes the whole complexion of who goes where. Mm-hmm. For a number, not just the Sixers, uh, but for Phoenix um, as well. And, and other teams out there looking for jobs. Because if I'm a coach – if I'm a coach on the open market looking for a job, the two teams that I want to uh, the, the the best shot at going at are Boston and Milwaukee right now. Mm-hmm. You know more so than the 76. I agree. I agree. The pecking order goes Boston, Milwaukee. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No question. Mm-hmm. And so right now, teams like Phoenix and, and the Sixers are the creme de la creme. But if Boston becomes that team that's looking for a head coach. All of a sudden, those teams slide, and you're taking your second, third, maybe even fourth choice, more so than the guy, the actual guy you want, being neck and neck to sell your product compared to the likes of a Phoenix. Changes the whole comp- whole dynamic of what what happens in terms of how teams are going to approach coaches and try to wow coaches. You may even end up having to pay a, a coach more money 
if he's the coach you want, because now you're competing with Boston as well. Yep. No question. And, and I, I think in some weird ways, like if you're a Sixers fan, yeah, you want to see them, you want to see Boston extend this thing a little bit. And maybe in the meantime, you could lock down, you know, Nick nurse or whoever your favorite candidate is, but you know, we'll see. The other thing is it's interesting is like, if you're the Suns, do you not look at the track record in the postseason with doc rivers? I know. In game sevens and clutch I games. Know. I know. You know. See, see, to me, if you're looking at Doc Rivers in, in Phoenix as your if he emerges as your first choice, you you're right. You look at his track record when it comes to the playoffs. You just fired a coach who was two years ago two wins away from winning an NBA title, but the same coach the last two years that bowed out of the playoffs in blowout fashion. Right. So you want to change the culture and get away from that. But yet you're thinking about bringing in a guy who can't get past the second round of the playoffs. You know, you're right back where you started from again. Zero sense. I, I don't, I, this is why I don't get, I don't get this league, you know, and you know, part of me with doc, as it regards specifically to doc rivers, forget Phoenix for a minute, you know, I guess there's a part of me that says, wouldn't you just go collect a huge check for two years and go do TV and kick back and chill and yeah. do whatever you want? But yeah. this is where I also give these guys credit. It's obviously in their blood. Like, they just love it. Or else, why else would you be doing it if you were him? To, to me, when, when a coach leaves the sidelines and goes to the studio or to the booth, it's like a mental relief. You're getting away from the rigors of practice every day, talking to the media every day, talking about why things are going bad, why you fail to achieve uh, higher expectations of what those on the outside looking in had for you. All you have to do is go sit in the studio or the booth and analyze what you see in front of you. That's a big mental relief to be able to do that. If I'm Doc Rivers, after going what I went through for five years in Philadelphia, you know, and in, in most of it, you brought on yourself. Right. Why do I want to jump right back into coaching again? Because I do believe if Doc Rivers' agent puts his name out there, hey, Doc is interested in going. I do think he'll get an interesting job of going to a booth or going to a studio to be an analyst, whether it's the NBA network or a regional network like NBC Sports Philadelphia or one of those places. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's pushing for money. Doc's got his money. Yeah. You know, to me, I would take – because – even if he takes a year off, whether it's next year or the year after, jobs are going to open up, and you're going to be right back in the mix again, and you may get another job again. No question. So wh why would you want to jump right out of the frying pan into a skillet? I mean, if you went from the Sixers to Phoenix, a team that's also crying foul because they failed to achieve expectations for the last three years. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So we'll see. And again, the candidates that reportedly for the Sixers, Vogel, uh, Nick Nurse, uh, Budenholzer is, is one, and some are saying D'Antoni, so we'll see. Uh, I don't think I'm missing anybody there. I think they were the uh, the candidates that we're talking about. Um, but you know, you would figure sooner rather than later, you definitely want to have this thing done, uh, by the time the uh, you know, the draft rolls around, which is late June. So we'll see what ends up happening. But, but just generally, let me ask you, you know, when it comes to Harden. Is there a cutoff point for you? What I mean by that is hmm. he's going to opt out of 35.6 million. I think that's what it is. 35.6. He's going to opt out of that. If you're opting out of that, you're thinking you're getting in the forties or maybe upwards of 50 somewhere. There's, there's, there's Windhorse said there's an appetite around the NBA for four years 
200 million for James Harden. Um, I wouldn't entertain four years. I wouldn't entertain three years. I would think about a high number for two years with him, but I would not go beyond two years. That would be it. That, like, that's my cutoff point. Ideally, okay. I'd probably move on, but in the same breath, there's not a lot of good options moving on from him. But where, where do you fall? Okay. Um, when you say high, 40s, uh, you, James Harden for two years at 40 plus million, yeah. I'm sorry, he's got to go. I'm sorry. I can't bring him back. I, I can't. And I understand there could be a gaping hole letting James Harden go compared to being limited in terms of what you can bring in. There's a gaping hole. He made himself an incredible facilitator. Right. You know, say what you want to say about his inconsistency and in his scoring. But he does have the ability. He still has that lethal shot from beyond the arc when he's on, when he's on his game. Right. If everybody is in unison that they don't want James Harden back here, then you better be prepared for what's to come because it may not be anywhere close. As crazy as it sounds, it may not be anywhere as close as what you had with Harden here mm -hmm. because you can't do much of anything to improve it. Yeah, because of the lack of cap space. Lack so the, of way, cap space. the way it works is you'll have about $12 million uh, because Harden – the Sixers have Harden's Larry Bird rights, which means you can sign your own players and 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 go way over the cap if they're your own, if right. they're your guys. Right. They're not. Then they were way the Sixers were over the cap. So once that guy walks, all that money that you were over comes back down, and then you're left with you know whatever it was. So right. that's why the thirty something million that he was making becomes only twelve million if he walks away. I know it's confusing, okay. but it's a soft cap. So that's the way it works. You would, to me, Derek, the, the, if, if he walks, you absolutely have to move Harris. That's 39 million coming back your way and, and, and you know, either get something for him in the meantime, I'm, I'm looking up, I wrote down all exact. So Harris is making 39.2 this year. It's the last year of that five year, $180 million deal. So, Okay, that would have to be a part of this equation. If Harden walks, then Harris gets moved. Okay, I'm looking at as you were talking. I'm looking at our chat here, and 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 they're, and they're all valid points. Okay, so so Chuck Hutton says, get Harden out of here before the next head coach is selected. All right, Fly Parks says we still can't sign anybody with Harden on this team. Uh, Fly Parks adds. Who brings up the ball? Maxie? He's not a pure point guard. Yep. <laughs> Chuck Hutton adds, can't gamble on Harden anymore. And then the next comment says, Harden isn't the problem. It's really more about getting rid of Tobias Albatross contract. So let me ask you this, Rob. Yep. If, if you do get rid of Harden, are you a better or worse team? Now, all of the points that I just made are valid. Whether Harden is here or not, you can't do much of anything else in terms of trying to strengthen this roster because of you, the chokehold cap restraint you're in right now. Yeah. If you let Harden just walk, are you better or worse without Harden? Likely worse. Um, but you would have to go about things very differently. I think what you do is you get a cheaper traditional point guard distributor who probably puts guys in better spots like, like Maxie. Uh, but you're losing, you're losing, 
you know, 18 points per game, a guy who led the league in assists, who who did have a good chemistry, especially in the pick and roll with Embiid. You know, you're losing a lot. Th- this is more of you don't want to be stuck with them really beyond this year or the year after that, and you don't want to have that much money tied up in them. At, if you could trade Harris, then you may not take a step back. But if you can't move Harris, I think you're taking a step back. And and you can do some things in 24, but who, who wants to waste another year? That's the hard part. You know, like Embiid's not getting any younger. Um, his body it certainly isn't going to be in better shape after a year of wear and tear. So exactly what does this look like in 24 when you do have some money coming off the books? I, that's what I mean. I, I think it's going to be hard for the Sixers. You know, one of the things we're going to do in a moment is look at who has the best chances of winning uh, a championship here in Philadelphia. And, and I think the, the main team is obvious, but I don't know, man. Well, you could pass that. I think a lot of things are up in the air. The way this Phillies team's played this year, right, the Sixers' right. future, the Flyers look like they were buried, but maybe if these are the right moves that they made with Keith Jones and Daniel Briere taking over, maybe maybe it changes a little bit. Now, you had an interesting conversation with a colleague of ours, um, and I'm going to wait for when we talk to that segment. I want to okay. hear more about this okay. and, and, and the reasoning behind that comment. All right. All right. Let's well, do that. Let's do it when right. we come back. Let's hit it okay. when we come back. So we'll, right. we'll, we'll dig into that uh, NFL segment. We're going to do a bunch of different things, including the best and the worst quarterback situations around the league. Uh, Josh Allen had something to say. Good story here uh, coming from the Saints and one of their players coming back from a pretty serious thing. So we'll, we'll get into all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis for Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about ProAction Restoration. Yeah, ProAction Restoration is the place that you call or reach out to if you have a home, a business, a property you own, and you go through the, the just awful situation of fire, of, a, of water uh, damage, of smoke damage, mold damage, and you don't really know who to turn to. Well, you turn to ProAction Restoration because they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week, and they're great at what they do. I reached out to them on a Saturday. They got right out to my parents' house. They cleaned it up. They fixed the problem. The crew was professional. The price was right. Every box checked. ProAction Restoration is licensed, bonded, and fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. They will work in conjunction with your insurance company also. So again, it could be water, could be fire, could be smoke damage, mold remediation. You name it, they can handle all of it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610 610-623- 3760 or online at com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. 
Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you... I know it's not easy, but they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. We're back. Yes, we are hanging out with you on this Wednesday, man. It's going to be warm today, Derek. Uh, uh, say it our, again. Say it again. Right up your alley in our neck of the woods. We're, we're going up to, looks like about 81 today. So it should be nice, man. It's going to be going to be a really nice weekend uh, in this area, like mid 70s, sunny, you know, a little overcast, but boom, you'll take it. We will I, get take to it. Work, I get to work on my tan this week. I'm starting to feel a little pale. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that. You better get on that, man. That's that's I'm today. Dull. I'm a little dull right now. I know. Losing, I know. I'm losing pigmentation. <laughs> Meanwhile, work on my tan. I get sunburnt if it's too if the, if the light's too uh, bright in a house. So you know, it's a whole different story. Um, all right. So a couple things. I, I wanted to throw this passion. I, all right. So I had this conversation with Howard Eskin, you know, our, one of our colleagues yep. uh, at WIP. So, and keep in mind, you know, Howard is. Uh, is down on the Sixers. All right. So yep. I will, I will just say that. So we're having this conversation and we're, we're, we're batting it around. Now, the, the conversation was who, if you had to rank in order, who's going to win it next in Philadelphia of the, of the big four teams, meaning Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers. Okay. Of those four, not the union with all due respect to them, but those four teams. So, um, I said to how you know, I think everybody would agree. The obvious is the Eagles. No question. But you, if you move beyond, now here's the thing though. Definitely of the of the other three teams, they're most likely. But we know the track record's not great of teams getting to a Super Bowl and coming back and trying to win the next year. It's it's definitely right. not great, and it, it, it's difficult. And I think, you know, this is going to be a a situation where you're going to have to have a little bit of patience, especially with the defense, uh, if you're an Eagles fan, and it's a way tougher schedule. But nonetheless, they're still number one. You know, the Phillies are playing really disappointing baseball so far. And 
I would still put them two, but I haven't liked what I've seen. And I think they definitely need to make a trade at least for a starter and bring somebody else in here, Derek, which is going to be critical for them trying to win a, a World Series because it's equally as hard when you lose a World Series coming back the next year. Right, right. I guess I'd still put them at two. <clears throat> uh, you know, and then it's the Sixers. Well, well, let me, I'll ask you, what would you – Put the Phillies ahead of the Sixers, or am I, I you know, jumping the gun a little bit? No, no, I, I, I would definitely put the Phillies in front of the Sixers. As disappointing as the Phillies are, they came within two wins of winning it all. And as we saw last year, they made a once the month of June hit is when they made their push. <clears throat> so as we sit here today in late May, I still put the Phillies ahead of the 76ers. Even with all the injury problems the Phillies have had, I think they have a better shot uh, of, of hoisting that trophy more so than the Sixers right now. But as we know, Rob, baseball is such a game of ebbs and flows, um, and it, it is the epitome of looking at a team on paper and a team on paper that's loaded, not not rising to – the challenge compared to a team full of up and comers that all of a sudden come from out of nowhere and shock the world. Yeah. So the Phillies have still plenty of time to change this thing around. And I think they will. Uh, I, one can only hope. Um, but yeah, push them to show Philly slightly, uh, slightly ahead of the Sixers right now. Now let me change that Phillies way ahead of the Sixers right now. Yeah. Like, I would put the Phillies ahead of them for a couple of reasons. One, they got to their sports championship series, um, yeah. you know, and, and as you mentioned, yeah, they fell in game six, but at least they got there. They showed clutch moments in getting past the Cardinals in getting past, uh, you know, St. Louis, getting past the Braves, getting past uh, San Diego. They showed, uh, you know, the ability to come up big in, in difficult moments to just get there. Um, so from that standpoint, until I see something differently from the Sixers, how can I take them seriously? I mean, you're talking about a team that can't get out of the second round in their sport. Well, like, not that, even, that's really what it comes down to for me. Not even only not getting out of the second round, Rob, but they haven't got to the championship round since what? Oh, one, Oh two. Okay. So you've had almost two decades to figure this thing out. You've changed front office personnel. You had all these draft picks, high draft picks. You went through the process that everybody gravitated towards for a number of years. It still hasn't worked out. You still can't even get back to the championship round. You can't even get to the conference finals as of late. Yeah. And this nucleus was one of the better groups of players you've had over the last decade. And you still can't even get to the conference finals. And now you may have to take a step back to get ahead two or three years down the road. Yep. So, therefore – the Phillies have it have have the nucleus to do it now. You you changed up managers. You shocked us and changed up managers. It turned out for the better. You brought back the same manager. You brought back key pieces in the pitching staff and Trey Turner in your offensive and defensive arsenal. So on the paper, the product looks a lot better. But you're still at, at the bottom looking up at three other teams in your division right now. Okay, so here's what's really interesting in, in the conversation I had with Howard. He has the Flyers ahead of the Sixers. What? Why? Yeah, because he's he's of a couple of beliefs. He's of the belief that 
no matter what the Harden situation is, if he walks or if he stays, neither is going to be good. Um, he's not a believer in Joel Embiid, ultimately. Thinks he's a talented guy, but is, is not a believer that Joel Embiid's a winner uh, in the league. Wow. And, yeah. And, you know, and part of it is just that the Sixers spinning their wheels, as you mentioned, with all the draft picks and only really with Embiid to show for it, et cetera. In the Flyers, there there has to be some kind of – here's the problem with the Flyers. Like when we had Keith Jones on last week, and he was awesome with us. It was incredible. I I want Keith Jones to do well. I want Danny Briere to do well. Uh, I'm rooting for them. I, they're interesting all of a sudden for the first time in a long time. And I believe – I do believe with Keith Jones, with what he has done in the league in terms of his broadcasting uh, – responsibilities and schedule. He talks to everybody in the league. I think that's big. Like, I think the Flyers get it back on track, but I can't sit here right now and tell you that that team is more ready to win a championship than the Sixers are. The Sixers had the MVP of basketball. They have Tyrese Maxey. They have some, some good pieces. Now a lot up in the air coach, what happens with Harden? There's a lot of things up in the air right now, but the Flyers are a team devoid of talent. While, yes, they definitely uh, have a good goalie, I think, in Carter Hart, and I think that Jones and Briere are getting them in the right direction. What else? What else am I supposed to get excited about or hang my hat on or look at and say that this team's going to win it? There isn't much else. So I, I the Sixers are three, but I, I don't feel great about their situation, but the Flyers are just too far away, Derek, for me. You and I both love Keith Jones to death. I've known him since the late 90s. I think he's an incredible hockey mind. But he's been a hockey mind as a player and in a broadcast booth. He is taking on a role. And Keith and Keith will tell you this. I mean, I'm not talking behind Keith's back. He would agree with this. Um, he's taking on a role he's never done before. Mm-hmm. And there's a learning curve for him. You know, there's going to be pluses and minuses. Uh, from him as well. But I think he has to learn a certain balance before he does the job exceptionally well. Right. You know. Um, yeah. And I think in fairness, you need to give him that leeway. It, it doesn't matter who it is. First, Derek, if the most experienced GM was taking this thing over with the Flyers, yeah, it would take you a long time to turn this around. There's There's been years of ineptitude that have dug you a deep hole that you, you're going oh, to no question. That you have to climb out of. So I don't care who it is; it's going to take a while, and that includes Keith. I mean, you you've got you you you've got a reclamation project here with the Flyers. You've got to start from the bottom up. Yep. See, with the Sixers, you have tweaking to do, and their problem is they're handcuffed to the point they can't tweak it the way they want to or need to. Mm-hmm. With with the Flyers, it's got to be drafting better. It's got to be you. You've got to lure free agents to come here now. If I'm a free agent. Philadelphia is one of the last places I want to come to play play hockey because I know it, I, if I'm an established veteran, I'm not coming here to win to put myself in a position to win now. I'm coming here to be patient, to watch this thing grow. Yep. And by the time it grows into a legitimate force, I may be out of here. I may, not even, I may not even be a part of when this team gets that much better. I may be the plug to hold, to keep the dam from bursting. I mean, that's how I may be looked at as a as a plug to, to plug the dam before it bursts, and then by the time that we fixed all the problems with the dam, I'm not even part of the solution. Yeah, yeah. So well, why I, would you want to come here? 
I think that that um, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you as a whole. I, look, I think overall, both teams, you can make a case. The Flyers, it's like, all right, we'll have a pretty high draft pick and this and that. And then you go to the Sixer side of this thing. You still have Embiid. You still have Matt. It, it's, you know, it's tough. It's tough, man. And I think the, the really one of the smart approaches the Flyers have taken is right. that they've told everybody this isn't happening overnight. Like, right. just right. understand it's going to be a little bit. Um, you know, we're certainly interested in, in getting this thing turned around, but it's going to take a little while. Um, and I, I, at least I think the other thing the Flyers have done, they, they've sort of put a face to everything now. Keith Jones is a face. Danny Briere is a face. Dan Hilferty is the guy that you know is, is, is sort of like overseeing all of it in, in terms of the business. Whereas before, Derek, I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know what, who, what Dave Scott looks like. I don't know these people who are in charge of this team. I have no idea. Right, right. That's that's important to the fans to kind of know who's running things. I think the Flyers, for the first time in a long time, are being openly honest in terms of what they are, where they need to go to get to where they want to be. I think bringing Danny Briere and Keith Jones in puts a familiar face to the equation for this fan base. Yep. And I think that will buy them a little leeway you're because correct. people love Danny Briere and they love Keith Jones and they want to see them succeed. There's no question about it. They want to see him succeed, but it's going to be a long process. This is not going to happen overnight. Well, that's a good look. I, I think it's a good way to put it, Derek, buy them extra time yes. uh, where if this was, you know, like some Chuck Fletcher guy who you didn't have any familiarity with, you're saying, eh, I don't know. All right. But yeah, I do think that that helps uh, for sure. There's no doubt. You know, and then, look, Tone makes a point with us in our private chat. Yep. Which I think is interesting. He says, you know, I keep telling you it's ownership. Uh, Like you said, they've made change after change talking about the Sixers. But who's the common denominator with the Sixers? Yeah, it's Josh Harris. And here's the thing. You know, Harris is interesting in that he's not afraid to spend. Like, he's paying Daryl Morey very well. He paid Doc Rivers very well. He's paying Doc Rivers not to coach this team for two years very well. It's not, a, it's not a question of cheapness. Like, I hear people throw that around with, with Josh Harris. That's not true. No, no. But it's not, it's not knowing how to spend your money the right way. Um, and that's a problem. Like, that's a big problem. And the Sixers haven't shown they have the ability to do this. Like, they they went into it and they did the process thing and all that. But but where are all these moves? Like, where are all the heat kind of moves? Where you're, Miami heat, I mean. Where yeah, are all those yeah, kind of moves yeah. where you're saying, Wow, how about that guy? He wasn't drafted, whatever. You know, there aren't there are very few, if any, with this the Sixers organization. Josh Harris is smart enough to get out of the way and let people do their jobs. Okay. Um, he's a money man, you know, and, and when you look at how he has spread himself out and 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 the the plate of teams that he has under his ownership, I applaud him for being that diversified. And obviously he looks at them as, as money investments as well. Mm-hmm. It's just that the people he has put in place with the Sixers have failed to achieve the goal of the organization and of this fan base. Um, is it the right, is it the right leadership of this Sixers team? Obviously it hasn't worked out to this point, made the product good, but not great. Yeah. Made the product better but not championship caliber. And that's what they have to decide. Are we as a collective unit 
the right group of people to take this thing, thing to where it needs to go. You know, you may have to make changes within. As painful yeah. as that sounds, you may have to. Yeah. And, you know, and I think the other thing, um, when it comes to the Sixers, maybe not from a winning standpoint, but from a business standpoint, they've done very well. I mean, they sell out almost every night. Sure. So, you know, in that sense, some of the, you know, what, what Josh Harris has done in terms of the process and some other things has absolutely worked. Right. And, but fans don't want to hear that. That's just going to anger fans. They're like, great. People are showing right. up. Awesome. Right. I don't care how much right. more money a billionaire gets in his pocket. We're spending yeah. our good money and you're giving us uh, a flawed product. Right. And I also think there is, there's always going to be that. Yeah. He owns the devils. <clears throat> yeah. He owns the commanders backlash that he's going to get. Now all that goes away if the Sixers won a championship, but if you keep not being able to get past the same level, yep. it's going to tick people off. They're not going to like it. I don't. I personally don't like it. I mean, I don't think it's a, a huge deal. I don't love it, though. I don't. Well, you're the epitome of what a Philadelphia sports fan is, and you wear your yeah. emotions on the sleeve, although yeah. you, you understand, too, you have to be a little bit more guarded in what you say because of the platforms that you are on. Yeah. And, and I understand that. And I understand the frustration of the fan base with this team. Um, but but there there is potential there. But you're not on the same page with the big three. And granted, Milwaukee bowed out in the first round. Right. The Sixers at least lasted to the second round. But you're not on page in terms of how to construct a team. And yeah. you look at how Bo Milwaukee, Boston, and Miami did it. They've done it in three different ways, but the process – has worked for them. Milwaukee wins an NBA title two years ago. Boston gets to the NBA championship round last year. And now Miami's on the brink of getting to the NBA championships this year. So their formula has worked to get them to where they want to go. And mm -hmm. the Sixers has been stagnant for the last three years. So now you've got to alter the formula. You got to go back, look at the blueprint and put new equations on the formula. But how do you do that? That's the big question. How do you do that when you're so handcuffed and not a lot of wiggle room to make the product better? Yeah. Hey, let me throw this at you. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about John Morant and some of his, you know, transgressions and whatnot. So yeah. police in Tennessee conducted a welfare check on him Yeah. Uh, today following cryptic messages on his Instagram story. Oh, geez. Uh, no, I mean, it, it turns out I think everything's okay, but uh, officials telling TMZ he's taking a break from social media. So earlier in Wednesday, he posted and then deleted uh, messages and pictures to social media. The first one was, love you, Ma, with a blue heart emoji. Love you, Pops, blue heart emoji. Uh, you, you, you the greatest baby girl with a blue heart emoji. He then followed that up by saying, bye. So then people got worried about him. The, sh the sheriff went there. This guy's crying for help. No, I mean, isn't he? Uh, first of all, first of all, you need to shut down your social media. He account. is shutting it down. That's what he's yeah, done. He's off that's, social that's media. First. Right now. Yep. Second of all, you need to get the proper help. Whatever the situation is, you are a young man. Now he can't. It's not like he grew up in poverty. He came no. from a solid family background. Nope. Yep. But obviously, the magnitude and the pressure that you have on you of being already considered one of the NBA stars, a person who is followed and looked at with admiration everywhere you go, is too much pressure for this young man to handle at the age Agreed. of, what, 23, 24, yep. whatever he is. 
And so with that, I think you need an advisor at your disposal at all times that you can call and talk to about situations. And when you start, start to feel that anxiety, that pressure that you can, somebody can talk through. If, if it's not just a mom and a dad, somebody professional that can talk you through certain situations. Okay. I think more importantly than anything else, Rob, maybe there's certain elements he needs to sever ties with. And when I say that, friends yeah. i've i've had to do it you've had to do it yeah. um it, it, it's unfortunate but when you've elevated yourself to a lifestyle of that you got hanger-ons that come from out of the the woodwork mm-hmm. um and maybe that's part of the problem and his i think as a young kid i think there's a part of him that still wants to be one of the boys yep hanging out with his boys and doing the things that him and his boys do but you are a highly successful businessman now. You are you are in a profession that is adored by millions, not just across the country, but by uh, across the world. You are in a stratosphere that most of us will never comprehend in terms of money that you make from endorsements, from an NBA contract. And for let's face it, Rob, it's human nature. There's a lot of a lot of people that can't handle that type of pressure. Yep. In all sport, we've seen this. We've seen stuff like this happen in a lot of professions. You know, there are people. I mean, look at what happens in, in jobs like Wall Street, a high pressure. Oh, yeah. You know, people have ended their lives over stuff like this because they can't handle the day and day to day pressure of trying to generate income for a company they work for and for themselves. Agreed. Okay. Um, but he definitely needs to get a professional person around him. Yep. to talk him through these things. You can't be brandishing guns in a car on social media. And you're you're not just an athlete. You're a businessman working for a powerful corporation. Tell the other thing I hope, Derek. I hope his parents are willing to be the heavies. In other words, say no. Yeah. Tell keep it yeah. real with them. Not just a part of the, you know, the 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 cash cow. I hope, I hope. I don't know his parents. I have no idea. But I hope they're willing right. to, to sit down and be straight with them. Uh, even though he's he's an adult and he's you know obviously making a lot of money and he's famous and all that, but somebody's got to get in, in into this. There, it's going to turn out really badly for him or somebody yeah. else. Hey, um, not to get off track, but uh, you know, Barbara Carroll brought it to my t- attention. I looked at it. You don't want to look at the Philly score right now. I know, Rob, I know. If you're Rob Ellis, if I you're know. Rob Ellis, you don't want to see. I just I I'm, I'm looking at it right now in Gamecast. You do not want to w- look at the Philly score right now. Yeah. Uh, if I do, you, I'll be in trouble for the rest of the show because you'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be all over the place. So I'm staying. Yes. I'm right here with you, man. I can't do it. Can't do and, it to myself. And, and I will tell you this because I love to tweak you, tweak you every now and then. Right now, Zach Gallon is pitching like he's Nolan Ryan. I'm <laughs> yes. just throwing it out there. Not surprised, but yes, I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right, we'll come back. Let's do some NFL action, Gunner. Uh, Barbara Carroll, the- you're wrong for that, Barbara. You should have told me. Barbara, you me, Barbara. Not right, you're Barbara. wrong for that. Yes. Uh, you're wrong, D-Gun. You're all wrong right. again. Um, all right, so we come back. We will uh, we'll look at the best QB situations in the league and the worst, and we get some other stuff that's happening, odds and ends, teams at OTAs, all that kind of stuff. We'll hit it all when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network. All right, I'm going to tell you right now about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Service is an experienced licensed and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. 
They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. And they're experts at trimming all types of trees. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Keep in mind, it's a great time of year. Mention the weather is really nice right now. Now the summer can get. It can get heavy rains, heavy winds. Good time to get your trees evaluated. And you go to their Facebook or Instagram page for a sampling of their work. For more information, give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to look. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. hour of the show thanks for hanging out everybody we do appreciate it he's derek i'm rob we're sports take smash that like button boom let's do that thing all right gunner i brought it up last week and you know i threw it out there for the eagles uh that i thought it you know could and should be a possibility for them 
you know, Matt Ariza, and I don't want to get into all the details here, but, but it, you know, was, was cleared of, of any criminal wrongdoing. There is still a civil suit pending, uh, but cleared of any wrongdoing. In fact, eyewitnesses ha have him not even at the party when, you know, sadly, that assault took place on that young lady. Um, so with that in mind, the New York Jets are working out Matt Ariza, the punter out of San Diego State uh, today. So he may end up being a New York Jet. You know, here's the way I see it. it. It always takes that one team to get the ball rolling. Right. And Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas is about finding all the talent that he can find. When you have a team that's that's as loaded as the Jets right now on paper, um, you finally got your quarterback, and you, you, obviously you need a punter. Now, whether he signs with the Jets or not, it just took one team to open that floodgate. Now you're going to have – if he doesn't sign with the Jets, I'm sure multiple teams will start hitting him up now. Yep. But it always takes that one team to get the ball rolling, and good for him. After mm -hmm. going what he went through, losing NFL career, money, uh, so on and so forth, potential endorsements. You know, some Yes, some punters do get small endorsements out there. Um, for him to get a second chance now, that's a, that's a great story. Um, I, yeah. So – I think he's going to sign with the team sooner rather than later, to be honest yeah. with you. No, I and agree. Right, I, I think so. I wonder, you know, and what I don't know, and, and I, I honestly, I don't, I, I, because you, it, there doesn't have to be any kind of criminal, uh, you know, conviction or anything like that for, for Roger Goodell to hand down a suspension. I, I, I don't know, you know, if, especially if, it, if it's proven that the, he wasn't there that night, you know, he basically missed an entire year last year. Maybe they view that. I'm just wondering if there'd be any kind of suspension handed down, you know, I, from, mm. from the league. I, I don't think so, but I don't know. Frankly, I don't know. I don't either, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. All right. Uh, Adrian Peterson, 38 years old, says he, he, he is not officially retired. 38 years old, not officially retired. Did he play last year? No. No. So his body's fresh. Here's the thing, Rob, as weird as it sounds, I think Adrian Peterson could help a team out there. Do you agree or disagree? I think he's cooked. Really? Yeah, I think he's done. Why? Um, the last year that he played, which was 2021. Yep. He played three games for Tennessee, one game for Seattle, and had a grand total of 98 yards, which is about a – you know, two yards per carry the year before he played in Detroit. He was okay. He had 600 yards under four yards per carry. He was still yep. okay, but that's going back to 2020 Derek at this point. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm just asking, I'm just asking, do you think his yeah. career is over yet? Yeah. Um, I, I think he's that rare body time. Now I'm not saying it every down back. Yeah. But I think he still, I don't think he still has that speed that he had when he was in his prime, obviously. Yeah. But I still think he has a burst. He's a tough dude, you know, 6'1", 220 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, I think somewhere along the line, he could help somebody out there, to be honest with you. Yeah, look, anything's possible. I, and, and look, for him, for, on a personal level, he's got a lot. If he can get back and, and like, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. He's uh, 82 rushing yards shy of 15,000, which is a really significant goal. Wow. A milestone. He's 351 yards from tying Barry Sanders for fourth all time on the rushing list. So there's a significant mileposts that he would like to hit personally. And mm -hmm. 
be pretty cool for him to hit. So we'll see. We'll see. Just to just keep in mind, I hadn't thought of him in, in a couple of years, but he's right. you know, he's he's still thinking in those terms. Um the red the Redskins, the commanders did not pick up the fifth year option on Chase Young. And you know, Ron Rivera was pretty straight with him from the jump. And I and I will give Chase Young credit in that he's accepting of it and he just wants to go out there and play well and and, and you know show teams kind of what he can do. So good for him. He's taking the right attitude with it. He lost more than a year because of a devastating knee injury. I understand that. And obviously he's smart enough to know. And I don't know if it's if if it's just his self-intuition or if his agent has beat it into his head. Look, dude, don't be surprised if they do this. Mm-hmm. He's a big question mark. He's a huge question mark. Now, if he turns out to be that player he was before he got injured, he's going to get his money. Yep. You know, he's still under that 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 that, that rookie contract, first round rookie contract. So he's not hurting for money. He's oh, making, no. you know, he's yeah. going to get money. But I don't blame the organization one bit for having question marks about where he is. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times did we hear that he was coming back late late last year and he didn't? Right. Okay. So I, you know what? If, if he's a solid player, I, I can see, Rob, them trying to negotiate a deal. If you see him go through X amount of games this year before the season's over, I can see Washington Washington trying to expedite negotiating a deal before the season's over just to get that out of the way because you know they're going to have other players they are going to have to, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm a big fan of Chase Young. I loved him in college. I love watching him his rookie year. Um, I, I think he's a phenomenal talent, but unfortunately he had a major setback with that injury. Um, I'm, yeah. And, and you know, the, the problem the is there, yeah. technology's so good. Now, even when guys have ACLs and Achilles, we're like, ah, oh, you fix them up and they'll be right back and they're going to be fine. And everybody's going to be like Adrian Peterson's a great example. He came back in a crazy short amount of time and was awesome the next year. Not everybody's body's the same. It no, takes people, no, it takes you no. time to heal sometimes. And I, I'm not writing this guy off by any stretch. No, look at, look at Terrell Suggs. Terrell Suggs came back in a span of five months when he tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. And obviously when he hit the ground running, when the season began, it was a slow start, but he picked up steam yep. and became closer to that Terrell Suggs that everybody feared. Mm-hmm. You're right. Everybody's body healing power is vastly different. You can have the same type of injuries and you could heal quicker than I am a month or two quicker than I am. or I could heal a month quicker too. It, it's amazing. And I think Chase Young, I hope he, I hope he gets now. I know he's in our division yeah. and if he's all the way back, he could be a major thorn in the Eagle side somewhere down the road as an edge rusher. I hope he comes back just as a fan of a football player. I hope he comes all the way back and, and gets back to what he was when they drafted him. I agree. I don't root for guys to get hurt. That, that, that just never has been my thing. All right. This was a little strange. So Kyle Shanahan basically put it out there. He expects, expects Brock Purdy to play week one. Here we go. Another case of everybody thought the dude was going to have to wait until mid September. Yeah. Obviously doctors and trainers are monitoring this thing closer. Maybe just me. Now we obviously don't know if it's a smoke screen but if that dude comes back from that type of elbow surgery that quick, that's a phenomenal story. Yep. You know, wh- how, but will he have any effects on throwing motions? You know, a lot of times when you have injuries like that, Rob, you know, severe knee, arm, elbow, stuff like that, it's a mental game more than it's a physical game. Yeah. Can I wing it the way I used to? And you're a little hesitant initially. And you're always worried about taking that, sh- that next shot on it, you know, next hit on it. That you you got to overcome the mind game before you do the physical aspect of mm-hmm. it. 
if he comes back, if he comes back right away, that puts the Niners in a different perspective. If th- if this kid is legit, totally in Kyle Shanahan's offense, if he comes back and plays close to what he played for them down the stretch last year, 49ers are going to be a real interesting team to watch because they have everything else you need need on both sides of the football to succeed. I look, I agree with you, Derek. A hundred percent. I they're a problem if he's right now. The thing that I find interesting, the surgery he had wasn't full-blown Tommy John. It was not quite as invasive. Okay. But, you know, I know some people will say, well, look how quick Bryce Harper got back. Yeah, but Bryce Harper is hitting. He's not throwing right now. He's also not going to be hit by 300-pound dudes. No, slammed to the ground. Have his arm and his elbow jammed into a ground. Like, it's it's a different thing than than a baseball player, with all due respect to Harper, who's been amazing. But it's, it's a different story. Um. This is a nice one. This is a good story. We don't hear a lot of these. So Foster Moreau, the tight end uh, from the Saints. Yep. He signed a deal in the offseason, and he was going through his routine physical, and a doctor found a lump under his clavicle, mm. and it was cancerous. They, they caught it early. It's a form of, of Hodgkin's lymphoma, but they caught it early, and the treatment isn't as severe as some of the other treatments. He went through all of his treatments. He's in remission. He's feeling great. He's a full participant in the Saints OTAs, and he'll be a full participant in their in their camp, barring any setbacks. So good, good for him, man. Good great for team. him. Yep, absolutely. That's a great. That's a great story, man. I mean, this yeah. kid's in the prime of his career. Um, you hate to have anybody have a setback like that. Yeah. And, and I'm glad number one, the doctors caught it. Number two, he can resume his career. Yeah. Um, that that's an awesome story, man. Yeah. Because we always hear the other side of those stories, you know. Yeah extensive chemo his career is over her career is over things of that nature so i'm glad to see that he he, he has an opportunity to continue what he yep. started yeah good stuff there and he played his college ball at lsu so he knows the area really well yep. um josh allen uh he seems look he's saying all the right stuff derek he said uh every, all the reports are and he's saying he's never been more focused on football his entire career he went back and watched himself last year that's not him uh, he doesn't want to make the same mistakes that he made last year. He's he wants to win a championship for the city, meaning Buffalo, mm-hmm. uh, and he's all in. So I, I'm going to be curious, man. You know where he looks because he he fell a little bit in my my rankings last year, uh, yeah. frankly, yeah. And, and and still an unbelievable talent, but made some huge mistakes for them that cost them big. Yeah, he had. Yeah, the funny thing is. Um, you look at his numbers from 2021 when he had Brian Dayball quarter, uh, as his mentor to 2022, and Rob, the numbers oh. are ex- almost the same. Now he let he had less. He played uh, one game less in 22 than he did in 21. He had less um, passing attempts, 646 compared to 567. He had less completions, 409 to 359, but his completions percentages were identical, 63.3. He had 100-something yards less passing in 22 compared to 21. Mm -hmm. But you look at his touchdown-to-interception ratio, 2021, 36 TDs, 59 TDs. 2022, 35 touchdowns, 14 INTs. Now, he was sacked seven more times last year than he was. So maybe it wasn't Debo as much as we thought. His QB rating, as a matter of fact, went up right. from 92.2 to 96.6. So maybe it was him. You know, whatever it was, it was him. I'm sure he missed Debo, 
mm-hmm. but maybe it was more on him and his mechanics um, and, and making mistakes and trying to do too much more so than he did when he had uh, Dabo re- reeling him in. But I think Josh, Ta- uh, Josh Allen is a phenomenal talent. I think he has all the capabilities of leading a team to a Super Bowl. Of course, you got to get through that guy named Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Kansas oh, yeah. City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's right there. You, ha- I think you have a great head coach in Sean McDermott, who's now taken over the defensive play calling duties. Um, now you just got to do it. Yep, just got to do it now because yeah. he's he's about to get paid just like Justin Herbert, just like Jalen Hurts did, just like Lamar Jackson did. He's about to get paid, and the more money you get paid, the more money is that's expected of you to do things on the field. You're right about that. Yeah. All right, so let's stay with the quarterbacks here. Let's stay with it um, and look at the best. Now, you can call us, you know, our rankings if you want, your power rankings, whatever. But it, it's more of looking at just the every, taking everything into account. So the best quarterback situations and the worst. Now, when we get to the worst, I didn't put the, the teams that are likely going to be starting rookies because that's yep. not fair to those guys. You know, right, like, right. Carolina, I'm going to keep them out of it and Houston and all that because they, they're, you know, they're kids. It's, they're going to go through the growing pains. All right, let, let's start with the best. I think we'd all agree it's Kansas City. No question. All right. No no question about it. Best best and, and I'm looking at Kansas City's depth chart. You have Blaine Gabbert in the backup. Uh Shane Butchel. Yeah. Um but Gabbert is a habitual journeyman. He was in Tampa for a long yeah, time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Mahomes but, but Mahomes sets the tone for the quarterbacks in the National Football League. No question yeah. about that. But then the question comes at two. I put Burrow at two. Burrow, okay. Some some may have hurts. Some may have somebody else. I I think Burrow, and I think Burrow's going to get his deal uh, relatively soon too, for whatever that's worth. Yes. Uh, I would put him at two uh, uh, for a lot of reasons. I think he's that talented. I think he's got great talent around him with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, among others. Tyler Boyd. Uh, I like his offensive line. They've done a better job putting competent offensive linemen around him. Yes. Um, and I think he and Taylor are uh, their their coach Zach Taylor are very much on the same page. Who would you go with at two? Uh, Burrow. Okay, I, I would go with Burrow. See, here we go thinking alike again. Yes, uh, I, I would go with Burrow. No question about it. He took the team uh, to the Super Bowl. Obviously, they lost, but but when you look at his arm strength, his ability to deliver, his eye his high accuracy ratio, uh, accuracy ratio, um, I, I definitely have to put Burrow at number two. Okay. Now, three. Three gets interesting. A lot of different directions you could go. You have Aaron Rodgers Mm. now, you know, likely in a better situation than he was in last year. You have, you know, kind of the usual suspects. You have Jalen Hurts. You have the aforementioned Josh Allen. You have Dak Prescott. There are others that you could look at. I'm going to go Hurts three. Um, Are you ready to take that leap to say that he's three? Hurts is number three for me. Okay. Hurts in terms of leadership ability. You know, people keep saying, well, he didn't throw that many touchdown passes, but look at everything else that he gave you. Um, his ability to run, minimize mistakes with the football. He is the epitome of leader. He has total command of that offense when he steps in the huddle. That's what you need. You need every great quarterback is also a calming force in the huddle. Mm-hmm. And everybody rallies around you. When they, when when it's on the line and you know what about is about to hit the fan, who's the first who's the first person they look at in the huddle on the offense? Always. The quarterback. Yeah. And, and at 24 years of age, Jalen Hurts has already emerged as that guy, that calming factor, that X factor that can get it done. And you look at how many times in big situations he's made the big run. He's made the perfect throw. Um, 
And so I, I think even though his overall statistics passing wise don't compare to some of the other quarterbacks, his leadership qualities do. And that's, that's why he's the solid number three for me. Okay. Okay. Uh, four, I do go Josh Allen. I, I am of the yes. belief yep. that he will, he will bounce back. He still, look, he still put up pretty good numbers despite some of the, the pick six and the bad turnovers in the red zone. Uh, he still put up pretty good numbers. He's got crazy talent. And again, yes, you look at what's around him. Um, Diggs, beast. Yep. I'm a big Gabe Davis fan. Gabriel Davis. I agree really 100%. 100%. Uh, they, they have Dawson Knox and they drafted the kid Dalton Kincaid. Um, so he's got a lot of lot going for him. Um, does uh, does Josh Allen? Uh, so I'm, I'll throw him at, uh, in there for. How about you? Nobody throws a better fastball in the NFL than Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes has a great arm, also. Josh Allen throws a fastball. I mean, he puts it through an eye of a needle, you know, when he's on point. And in terms of ability and leadership, uh, yes, Josh Allen is definitely my number four. Here we go agreeing again. You know, know. this got to stop. We it's don't stop, Rob. I tell the I, I tell our audience all the time. This is not. We don't go over this stuff. We, no, we, we don't. We'll we tell each other don't. what the topic's going to be, but we never go over those kind of details. No, there's no question about it. I mean, we 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 come up with a concept, and then we go our separate ways and do our research. And all of a sudden, when we, we we reveal it, we arrive basically, I would say, 95% of the time at the same conclusion, which is really eerie. You know, it right. means, yeah, I think you're looking at my notes somewhere. I got to check and see if there's a camera here in my house somewhere that I don't know about. Yeah. So, but yeah, I would say Josh Allen is number four. No question. Okay. Now, five again, you can go a lot of different ways. Here's what I did, Derek. I took a little bit of a leap of faith uh, with Aaron mm. Rodgers because I think he's going to be on a mission. I think he's going to want to prove people wrong. I think he has very good weapons uh, surrounding him. I, I thought oh, there was a couple guys I thought about Prescott for a minute. There were some others that I thought about. I thought about Justin Herbert, uh, but I'm going to go with the old man here. I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Five. Ha! Good choice, but here's why I can't go with Rodgers yet because he hasn't done it with this collection of talent. Aaron Rodgers has the best collection of talent overall from pass catchers to tight end that he's ever had as a quarterback in the National Football League. And that includes the year he actually won it all in 2010. Right. But you have to get on the same page. And because of the limited amount of reps now that teams are getting in OTAs and even in training camp, will it be enough time for them to come out of the gate, hit the ground running? I think it's going to be a growing, evolving process to where we get four or five games in the season. We're going to be closely talking about the wild factors of Aaron Rodgers hooking up with uh, Garrett Wilson and and some of these other guys and, and his old boys, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and all these guys. But for right now, I have to put Trevor Lawrence at number five. Okay. All right. I look choice. at what Trevor did. Last year with the, I mean, he's got Zay Jones. He's got all these dude. Trevor Lawrence really turned it around in the first year of the Doug Peterson. And that's the reason why that's a big reason why not only changing the direction and the culture with Doug Peterson at the helm, but because Trevor Lawrence finally had somebody who understood him and knew how to bring out the best in him in, in a quarterback. And he applied the technique and it did wonders for his young career. So I have to put Trevor Lawrence in as my number five. Yeah, and and you could throw Calvin Ridley into that mix for him this year. Absolutely, too, which you kind of forget okay. about him, you know, because yes. he was out last year. So. Yes. All right, good. So that that's our that's our best quarterback situations, right? Now you go to the the, the flip side of that. Uh, man, um, 
I'll, I'll start. I don't like the Bucks situation with Baker Mayfield. I Woo. think that's a, that's a team that's just diminishing returns. I, I don't like their offensive line. I don't like the weapons that he's going to have. I know he's going to be on a mission to prove everybody wrong and get paid and all that, but I don't like it because it's a one-year deal. I don't like right, right. that at all. I don't like the Titan situation with Tannehill. Now, I, I it may be Will Levis at some point, that. but right now it's Tannehill, and you better hope Derrick Henry holds up for the whole year if you're him. You ain't kidding. Um, you get beyond that. I, you know, How can I love the commander situation right now with Sam Howell? I, I don't love that either. I, I think – you know, that could work out. It could end up being Brissett. It, 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 there's there's talent there for sure. Um, but I don't know about him right now. The other one I'll throw in there is the Cardinals because Kyler Murray's not even starting the year. No, no. It's you're talking, about, you're talking about Colt McCoy or some undrafted kid named Clayton Toon right now. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you got Jeff Driscoll there, but what, Jeff Driscoll's not going to do anything for you. He's a classic, like, number three guy. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You know, yeah, but you're right. You know, I think I think um, Jonathan Gannon is between a rock and a hard place in his quarterback situation. You know, you want to come out of the gate making a great impression, and the one position that you need to be solidified at is not going to be stable until your franchise two hundred thirty something million dollar, two hundred forty something million dollar quarterback is deemed healthy enough to play. And we don't know when that's going to be. To be quite honest, could be September, could not be until October when it's too late for your organization to make any headways. Yeah, yeah. What what other teams would you throw in there that concern you in terms of their setup? Um, I would have to put in Carolina. Now, right now, every depth chart I look at has Bryce Young penciled in as the starter, Andy Dalton, number two. But even if you flip the script and, and put Dalton in there, Dalton basically is just holding down the fort as he did in New Orleans. No doubt. Dal- Dalton is not that gunslinger that he was in Cincinnati anymore. And Carolina has got that town buzzing. Yes, we know Bryce Young is going to be the man. You look at the moves they made and bringing in a Miles Sanders, they're changing, they're adding all these pieces, but the quarterback position could hold them back for quite some time. Mm -hmm. So I'm not very envious of Carolina's quarterback situation. Another team I look at, you have to look at Green Bay now that they've moved on from Aaron Rodgers with Jordan Love. Jordan Love sat on the bench for three years waiting his turn. Now, he played against the Eagles last year and looked pretty good in a mop-up situation. Mm-hmm. But by then, the Eagles had basically called off the dogs. But but Jordan Love is in a situation where he's got a group of young receivers he can grow with. But just like Brett Favre, just like Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love is going to grow uh, go through some growing pains. And that's going to hurt Green Bay probably more so than help them mm-hmm. early on. Um, outside of that, you mentioned – you mentioned most of the other ones. Um, Green Bay, I, I didn't. Yeah, for some reason, Green Bay didn't register with me. But w- when I hear you listen to you say that, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they do have they do have young, talented receivers. Yes. yes. Um, but now you're putting an inexperienced quarterback with yeah. them. Boy, I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, they still have Aaron Jones. They still have right. Dylan's still there. They still have some. Lafleur is going to have to really show that he's a he's a creative guy now. You know, without the, the the I don't know, but look, I think it's some as great as Aaron Rodgers is. I do think that that does give you a little bit of freedom now that he's gone, that you can kind of call it your way and yes. not always. Yes. Is Aaron going to be okay with that? You know, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And and from and just from um, a perspective of we just don't know. Uh, if I'm a New England Patriots fan, yes. I just don't know about Mac Jones. 
to be honest with you. Yep. I just don't know. I mean, he played 14 games last year. He had 14 touchdowns and 11 INTs. The year before, he had 13 INTs. Yeah. Now, understand, understand now, he completed he's completed 60, 68% in 2021 of his passes, 65%. But he threw, obviously, less attempts because he, he didn't play the entire season. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what Mac Jones is. Still waiting to see. We know a Belichick defense is going to be a, a competitive defense. It was one of the top 10 defenses in all the National Football League last year. But with the the roster that they've assembled on offense, I don't know if Mac Jones is that guy when he steps into the huddle, everybody's willing to follow him. You know, Obviously, here's, the, here's you know. The, the other thing I don't know about him. I, I don't like he started to get frustrated last year and, and, and kind of lash out. Now, in his defense. Right. I think he was put in an awful spot with, with Matt Patricia and Joe judge, which probably would have frustrated anybody. Right. They didn't have great talent around him either, but is there a little diva in there that you need to be worried about? I don't know. I'm, I'm just sort of throwing it out there. I don't know. Like we hadn't heard any of that when he was at Alabama or anything like that. So I don't, I I think it's probably not. I think it was just frustration, but we'll see how it is with Bill O'Brien, how he reacts. I think if anybody can bring out, that extra something in a Mac Jones is Bill O'Brien because yeah. of his history with quarterbacks. The same way Dabo was able to do with Daniel Jones. I, I'm never going to say Daniel Jones to me is one of my top 10 quarterbacks in the league, but Daniel Jones played his most efficient season in his first year under Dabo. And now they have year two coming up together to refine some things. Yeah. And I think o- O'Brien can do that with a Mac Jones, but we have to see it. You know, I- I'm looking at, I'm looking at New England's roster right now, and obviously it comes down to not just the quarterback, but what is the quarterback working with, okay? I look at the wide receiving position. Um, Kendrick Bourne is okay. Ty Montgomery. He's old. I mean, He's okay. Devontae Parker is now 30. Devontae Parker was a heck of a receiver when he was was down in Miami. Yeah. you got Juju Smith-Schuster, a, a good role player. Solid, solid. Man. You know, uh, at tight end, you have Mike Gusecki, and you have uh, – you got you got three inter- interesting tight – well, two now. Uh, you have Mike Gusecki and, and Hunter Henry, two solid tight ends. I like Gusecki. I, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's not yeah. a traditional you – know, he's not going to block you into the ground, but he can catch right. passes for sure. Right. So, he can so down you, the field. Yeah. You, it, what, you know, you got Matt, Matt, Matthew Slater. I don't even think he's going to make the roster. The dude's 37. He's got 15 years Yeah, special teammates. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so you've got some pieces, but are they pieces enough to make you an explosive offense? Don't yeah. know. Yeah. So I think Mac Jones' situation, uh, because there's still a huge question mark on him, uh, leaves a lot of room for, for concern where, where I'm concerned anyway. I would agree with you. All right, let's uh, let's hit it. We'll come back. We'll do a little NBA, Derek. Uh, the Celtics win last night. They stay alive. Uh, we're waiting on, on to see if they'll be uh, they or the Heat will be the team to play the Nuggets. So we'll we'll get into that a little bit. Um, I told you the story about Michael Block, the club pro, yesterday. Yes, who had a great weekend. Well, his day got even better yesterday, and I'll tell you why. What happened? Right. It's very cool. Okay. okay, we'll do that when we get back. We got birthdays. We got movies. All in store when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk right now about Razor 
technology, and in particular, infrastructure management. IT infrastructure environments are more complex and heterogeneous than they ever have been. Consequently, teams struggle to respond to pressing issues with the speed necessary to promote positive business results. And the data that powers predictive monitoring and automation is often left unexploited. Razor Technology addresses this challenge with a holistic approach that connects every part of an organization's technology assets. It enables them to be proactive and secure IT operations without sacrificing the agility that drives innovation. Razor Technology automates monitoring and management to bolster IT teams that are feeling stretched thin. And it improves auditing and reporting procedures so that actionable insights find their way to leaders that need them most. Save time and money on your IT and cloud services and secure your organization with leading end-to-end infrastructure solutions by calling Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
We're back. Final segment of the program. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube. Network. Hey, have you noticed something? You haven't had to tell me one time today to unmute. Oh, you know what? You're on fire today. I forgot. Yes, that's correct. Yes. It's because it's 81 degrees. I focus better in the heat. It, it's only taken us 265 shows for you not to have to have gone into fire. Do you honestly keep count of every show? Are you serious? I do. I track every show. Yes. Yeah, 265 we've done. Today is 265, man. You need a hobby, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> you you, you got to get another hobby. Yeah, a lot of people would agree with you on that one. Um, all right, so the good story here. This is nice. So you, know, Michael, uh, you see, Tone, a broken clock is right twice a day, dude. Really, <laughs> really, Tone? Really? I like, I like that ch- Tone's not afraid to zing you, man. Good work. That's all right. Tone. All right. Yes. Yeah, Duck wins his D gun. There's still 30 minutes left. It's, in good. it's exactly. <laughs> you know what he did, Duck? He mushed. He just mushed himself. Okay, Duck. That's what he did. He, he put they put the the mush on him. All right, good story here. I told you about Michael Block yesterday, who was the club pro out of Southern California, Mission Viejo. Yep. Who who crushed it in the in the PGA Championship this past weekend? He finished tied 15th. He had a hole in one. Also, it was just awesome, right? So naturally, he said he's gotten so many text messages and so many people reached out that he was like apologizing yesterday that he can't even get back to everybody. Right. Oh, but he said, excuse me. Right. I know. But the, but the, he said he, he, as cool as all that was from family and friends and whatnot, he got one text that really stood out to him. How about Michael Jordan texted him, Derek, after, after the way that he played, right. That's when, you know, you've, capper. you know, you've hit big time. Right. So, uh, Jordan noticed that he was, I guess he was wearing um, Air Jordan uh, golf shoes. I I didn't even, I didn't notice, but whatever. So Jordan texted him and basically the gist of it was, it's why I love the game of golf moments. And, and, you know, like that is what Michael Jordan said to him. He said, he's just, he's beside himself, man. So it's very cool. Uh, That's a nice thing of Jordan to do. So that's where you just put the phone down and you take screenshots of that, leave it on that phone. You never use the phone again. When exactly. Michael Jordan reaches out to you, the GOAT, the NBA all-time GOAT reaches out to you. you I'm a no-name. And Michael Jordan takes a moment out of his day to say congratulations. Dude, that, that's where you drop the mic. And, you know, I'm never touching that phone again. I get, a, I get a whole new number and everything. Yeah, you know? I'm with you. I'm with you. you. You, And the good thing about him is that guy's taking in every moment. So I think he's appreciating yeah, he's appreciating everything along the way. So that's very cool. So good for him. All right. So that's a good story that uh, that continues on. All right. So beyond that, uh, the Celtics decided to show up for, for a full game last night, Derek. They, they shot it well. Tatum was excellent. Derek White was excellent. Uh, Horford came out of nowhere. He, he was in hiding. Uh, they make 18 threes. They shoot 51% from the floor. And they end up really in the third quarter pulling away. They win this thing 116.99 pretty handily. And all of a sudden now, a little bit of life, and they go back to Boston tomorrow night. To try to come out of an 0-3 hole has never been done in the NBA. It's insurmountable. And I asked myself, where was this Boston team? Because honestly, believe it, this Boston team that played last night had played like this throughout the series. I think we're sitting here looking at the very worst a 2-2 series instead of 3-1. There's no question about it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Jason Tatum, once again, put this team on his back um, and made the big shots when he had to. This team hit was 40% shooting from beyond the arc and 51% shooting from the floor against 
a very stingy Miami team. Miami was 8 of 32 from beyond the arc. I don't think that's going to happen again because Miami has been lethal in the three-point game all season long. Um, And Miami even out-rebounded Boston like 44-39, something like that. Mm -hmm. Boston minimized their mistakes. Uh, They only turned the ball over 10 times. They forced Miami into committing 15 turnovers. Miami shot less than 44% from the floor. If Boston – you know what? I told you I thought it was going to be a sweep. Here's what I'm thinking now. Boston is going to win – go back home because now they've gotten the egg off their faces. Because I guarantee you, even though they were down in Miami, they heard all the media and the fan base screaming at them for that embarrassing performance in game three. Mm -hmm. And they put on their big boy pants and they took a good look in the mirror and came out and took care of business. Now they're going to go home tomorrow night for game four. And I do believe – They'll win that game and force a game six. I'm with you. I think this is going six. At least six. Yeah. And if somehow, some way, they can get to seven, I think Boston wins it in seven at home. That's a big push. It is. It's a big push. But I do believe they're going to win game five tomorrow night at home. It looked like it, it looked like Jimmy Butler was not going to have an explosive night. He was quiet. And then if you remember, he got going early in the third, got really got going, but then but nobody else did anything beyond that for Miami. It was it was the night where they no, just weren't. No. They were just off. Um, and and Jimmy, credit to Boston. Yeah, know. Jimmy Butler wasn't himself. Yeah. Um, now, the key is, I believe it was, wasn't it White that injured his ankle for, for, for Boston last yes. night? Yes, White down? hurt his ankle. At one point, um, Gabe Vincent uh, did something that was twisted his, his ankle. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, a couple things to keep in mind because it's they're back at it tomorrow. So Yeah, and they're going to need, when you talk about, I, was it was it Vincent? Was it Vincent the one that got hurt ser- seriously? It looked serious the way he grabbed his ankle. He went up for a rebound, then he went back up and came down. Maybe it was Vincent who got no, hurt. No, v- Vincent was over by the bench, like, his, his own bench. Yeah, and the shot was blocked. I think he jumped up to grab it. That's and, the one. Yeah, and, and turned his ankle, landed on the side like we've all done playing hoops. But yeah, it, it man, does that hurt? Oh my god! And, and didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he go directly from there? Off, he ran off the right court? to the lock. Like well. He, he he jogged it's like a, a limp to the locker room. Yes. If Vince is not available, now we keep saying this, but they've lost Hero, they've lost Oladipo, and they keep finding ways to play. But I think Vincent would be a huge loss for them. He's in been terms awesome. Of the continuity. Yeah, yeah, he's been awesome. So we'll see. But that's you know that's something else to keep in mind. You're right, the injury uh, portion of this thing. But hey, look, they're all they're they're sitting there, and the NBA finals don't start till June first. So you know. Yeah. The, can look at it one of two ways if you're the Nuggets. They're healing up, as banged up as they probably are at this point. Yeah. It's going to do them good to get some rest. But nine days is a lot of time off. I wouldn't love that. If I, I would like about five, maybe, if I'm a coach, if I'm Michael Malone. I don't love nine. That's a long layoff without competitive, real competitive basketball. I agree. And if it's a team that you closely watch and cover and you're a fan of, it's like death, a slow death, man. It's like waiting for a Super Bowl game. You got to wait two weeks for the Super Bowl game. And, and, you know, in this case, I know it's a slow death because, you know, fan base ones and, and the networks as well yep. want to get on to that next game. But like I said yesterday, I want to see both teams at, at the healthiest they can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And if this turns out to be a six or seven game war, obviously the winner of this series is going to have a lot less time to heal up. But those extra days are vital in terms of getting your p- key players some rest before you, you, you get to that final stage. Hey, I meant to throw this at you during the football segment, but so I'm, yeah. I apologize for jumping around a little bit, but I thought you'd enjoy this one. Okay. So the Washington Commanders had their trademark application 
denied due to another person already having pending applications for the name, the current one already existing. Therefore, they might have to change their name again if they can't work out a deal. Come on, man. Are you serious? Uh, I'm serious, man. So wait a minute. Why are we just finding this out now? I don't know. Season as the commanders. Why is this just coming out now? I don't know. It, it actually might be a way. It's, it's embarrassing, but to get rid of that bad name that they have. You don't like the commanders? Mm-hmm. You no. like it? I don't mind it. I, re- I mean, it's not a great name. Yeah. But it, I, don't, I don't mind it. What are you going to be called? The Washington Politicians? Mm. The Washington Watergates? <laughs> what, what are you going to be called next? I don't know. The Fighting okay. Josh Harris's. I don't know what they're going to be called at this point. <laughs> But I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, ah! All right, let's do some birthdays. Let's do some birthdays. birthdays. All right, here we go. Wait, uh, I got to find my pen here because I, I like to scratch them off as you dole them out and fill in the gaps when you're done. All right, all right. I'm good. Uh, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's 82 years old today. Yeah. Uh, still performing, still traveling, still touring, still doing his thing, man. That is pretty crazy. Dude, you know away. what? It keeps them young, man. You yep. know, too many people, when they get to a certain age, they just sit yep. and watch time, time fly by. I love the people that when they get in their late 70s, early to mid 80s, they're still very active. I see, you know, we see people out riding bikes, jogging at that age. Yep. You know, it keeps you mentally stim- and physically stimulated, man. Mm-hmm. Instead of just sitting there letting the bones and the muscles just shrink up, you know, get out there. Be I active. agree. I agree on two fronts. I think it's great for you physically. Ju- like, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. But, but I also think having something to look forward to and anticipation of something mentally is really big for you too. Like, Absolutely. Hey, tomorrow I'm doing this. Or if you just meet yes. somebody, it's important for you when you get older. Right. Yeah. It can be, it's bad if you're just sitting, you know, I get it. Some people physically can't do, can't get out, but if you're just sitting on the couch, it's not good for you. So no, I see I light light says 82 is, is middle-aged. Yeah. That's the mindset you got to have, man. I like it. I like it. Uh, all right, so Bob Dylan, 82. Yep. Uh, John C. Riley, one of my favorite yes. sort of comedic actors, is yep. funny in everything that he's in. He's just got one of those faces you laugh when you see him. Yep. Uh, he's 58, does a lot of stuff with Will Ferrell. So he's he's been a Casualties lot. of War, Step Brothers, Boogie yep. Nights, Talladega yep. Nights. Yeah. He was the catcher. What was the uh, – for Love of the Game. He was the catcher love the yep. for Love of the Game with uh, Kevin Costner. Alfred Molina, very good actor uh, in a lot of different things, but I really like him in this. It was in Spider-Man 2, I believe. I think yes. it was 2 or 3. Yep. Um, he's 70, but he plays a good diabolical. Yes. I you agree. know, you think he's a good guy. He's not. He'll flip the script on you. I, I Dr. Like Octavius. Dr. Octavius. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the great Patty LaBelle, Philadelphia's own, is uh, 79 years young today. Ooh, Lady Marmalade. Ooh. Man, uh, yeah, that's a great uh, what a song, man. What a, what a career. What a career. She's 79. Uh, Tommy Chong. Who would, have, who would have thought that he'd last to 85? Yeah, Cheech and man, Chong, they're both man. still around, man. Let me tell you something, man. The way them dudes are smoking up and, and fogging up rooms, <laughs> I am shocked that he's yeah. still with us at 85. He he is a commercial for, for marijuana, isn't he? He's Woo! a walking, walking billboard for it, oh my for goodness. marijuana use. Uh, Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady's 44 years old today. Uh, long uh, NBA career for Tracy McGrady, Priscilla Presley, the uh, the the widow of Elvis Presley, uh, seventy eight years old today. Was, was uh, she, she strong in her day, Rob? Very. There very, you go. Very. boy. There you go. I, I think she was on like Dallas when I was a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas, the act British actress, is 63 today. Yeah. Uh, Gary Berghoff, also known as Radar O'Reilly from Absolutely. Mash, is 80 today. Radar's 80. Oof. Um, Roseanne Cash, Johnny Cash, and Roseanne Cash's daughter is uh, 58 today. Uh, Bartolo Colon, who it felt like he pitched till he was 50, but he's 50 years old today. Yeah, yeah. I always say he looks a little bit like Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant's brother. <laughs> Very similar facial structure. Heavy D. Heavy D. Heavy D. One of my favorites. Very young. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, he was born in 1967. He did not live very long, but he was, uh, I thought he was good. He's a good actor, too. He's a good, good actor. He was in a lot mm. of stuff. Joe Dumars, the uh, longtime Piston, Piston executive, 60 years old. Former Eagle Nelson Aguilar. 30 Is years his birthday young. today? Yeah, he's 30 today. He's 30 today. Had to sneak this one in too, Derek. He, he passed away, I think, last year or the year before. Um, Timmy Brown. Timmy Brown was a was a phenomenal eagle. He uh, he was born in 1937. He was on the 60 yes. championship team. Went on to have a little bit of an acting career. Was in the movie Mash. Uh, it was in some of the couple of the early Mash episodes. But uh, one of my dad's favorite players, so I, I had to throw Timmy Brown in there. He he loved mm. uh, loved Timmy Brown. So uh, that's all I got. Birthdays. How about you? Uh, we got Will Sasso, who played in Happy Gilmore. Young Sheldon, Modern Family, is 48 today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger Deakins, a cinematographer, won four Academy Awards for cinematography work in, in stuff like Blade Runner 2049, Shawshank Redemption, oh. A Beautiful Mind. Um, yeah, so he's, he's an accomplished one. Four Academy Awards as a cinematographer, 74 years old. Kelly Hernandez. Um, she was in the movie Alien Covenant, which was a good movie, and the Blair Witch. Okay, uh, was thirty five. Caden Boyd, X Men: Last Stand, Freaky Friday is twenty nine today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Lonsdale of God and Men, the day after uh, the day of the Jackal and Ronan uh, was was born on this day in nineteen thirty one. Mm-hmm. You have Sybil Danning, seventy five today. In a Battle Beyond the Stars, Chain Heat. Malibu Express, a lot of B-type movies, but a consistent actress, okay. 75 today. Uh, Nell Campbell, who was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, 70 today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tadobi Awuzie of the Cincinnati Bengals, used to play for the Cowboys. Cornerback, oh, yeah. Yep. 28 years old today. Okay. Uh, Brianne uh, Howie. Howie uh, uh, she was in a funny in the movie uh, Terrible Bosses 2. Okay. 34. Uh, see so who else we got here. Frank Murph, you watched the uh, UFC fighting. Frank Murph, two time champion, okay. 44 today. All right, great, uh, great fighter. I'm gonna give you one. Uh, and yeah. this is too bad because Tina Turner passed away when 83 years old today. Today, yeah, no, yep, yeah, wow, 83. Well, I mean, what, what a career, what an unbelievable force. She was a force, man. They, they nicknamed the queen of rock and roll. Died peacefully uh, today at the age of 83 wow. uh, after a long illness. Uh, she, she was making her home in Switzerland these days. Um, but yeah, she, she passed away. Um, so wow. love the movie. Yeah. Uh, what a great rags to riches stories. Uh, went through a lot of uh, abuse uh, yep. with Ike Turner and all that stuff. And she still was such an icon after she went her own, went solo and sold out arenas everywhere she went. Yep. Wow, that's sad to hear, man. Yep. Yeah, wow. had the had the am- amazing comeback in '84 when she did yeah. Private Dancer. Yep. Uh, which blew up, um, and you know, kind of just just 
rode the wave again from there. Um, so yeah, uh, unbelievable artist. But uh, yeah, uh, rest um, in peace. Rest in yeah, peace. You also have former Eagle Jason Babin, who's 43 today. Okay. Yep. And Hector Macho Camacho, who died a tragic death, uh, was born on this day in 1962. Okay. All right. Good ones. Good ones there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Movies. Thelma and Louise, 1991. I love that movie. Great movie. Uh, 1989, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. Yep. Uh, View to a Kill, James Bond, 1985. Very good movie. Good soundtrack, too. 1991, Backdraft. Pretty good movie. Not bad. Uh, yep. Kurt Russell yep. and uh, one of the Baldwin brothers were, were in yep. that one. Mission Impossible 2 came out in 2000, which I, I like all the Mission Impossibles. No question. Uh, very underrated movie, I thought. Insomnia with Robin Williams and Al Pacino. Yes. Parker role for 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 uh, Robin. Definitely. Absolutely. Good nonetheless. Showed his acting chops. Uh, that was 02. 04, Day After Tomorrow. Still um, one of my favorite movies. I'll watch it when I see it on now. I love yeah. that movie. Uh, Aladdin, 2019. With Will out. Smith. Yep. Yes, that was Will. Yep. And 2013, Fast and Furious 6. Yep. We're, we're up to 10, right? Yep, yeah. ten just came out uh, last Friday. I think was it was last, last Friday. Yeah, and now is that the last one they're doing? I don't even know. I believe it's the last one. Okay. Um, uh, what I missed? You left out "Dirty Dancing" two thousand seventeen. Oh, the remake. Yep, the remake. Okay, okay. okay. that's it. Uh, that's Everything it. else is covered. All right. So, um, yeah, just a, you know, you you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but Derek Phillies are down five nothing. Um, la, 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 I know. la, I'm like, I don't I want to bring it up to you, Rob, because I know how the Phillies irk you, like, but I had to throw that in there. I, I, I'm trying to figure this out. It, 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 you know, there is way too much talent. And I, I think they have, a, there's a couple of issues. The starting pitching is a huge problem. And, and, you know, again today, like Ranger Suarez is back off the injured list, but Ranger Suarez. Yep. Went five innings, gave him five hits and five runs, including a, uh, a I think it was a two run shot. Derek, through his three starts, he's got a 9.82 ERA. I know. It's oh killing him. You know, and you're going against the stud today, but that's why you got to win the first two games. You win the first two and you lose today to Zach Allen, so what? Okay, no big deal. Yep. But, and here's the bigger, bigger issue. You haven't started playing the NL East, really. Nope. So now you go to Atlanta this weekend for four, starting tomorrow. Then you go to the Mets after that, who are starting to play better baseball too. So Absolutely. you're going to get seven straight against the NL East with the two the, the top two teams right now in the NL East coming off of this losing streak, like unless they come back today, unless there's some and, kind of miracle. And to put a little salt in the wound, Rob, yeah. right now Arizona has the bases loaded with one outs. Yeah, not, I know. Not to, not, not, to, not to put salt in your wounds. You didn't need, I didn't need any. It, I'm, you know, my, my wounds are sore. Uh, I can't wait to talk about this game tomorrow. I know. Oh man! Unless Trust the Phillies me. rally, unless they rally, this yeah, one's man. about to get ugly. Uh, I don't have a good feeling. Uh, I'll put it to you that way. Sometimes you, your spidey sense is is telling you something's something's not great. Uh, but there's no question. Uh, so other than that, tomorrow we'll have, like we said, Game Five of the Celtics and the Heat. Phillies will take on the Braves tomorrow. Uh, Eagles. I don't know if there's more availability, but we'll we'll catch you up on what everybody had to say. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, Devontae Smith was dealing with a toe injury. Uh, yep. in the off season that he, that he says is good to go now. Um, and the Dean basically said, look, I get it. I wanted to play last year. I played my whole life, but I understood with the depth that we had, uh, but now it's on him. 
uh, to be able to get out there and play. That's for sure. And, uh, you know, the Sixers, the search continues. You you wonder at what point we're going to get an answer. You know, at what point, how how much further you go with this thing. And I I said to you earlier, it may not be the worst thing in the world if Boston keeps, you know, extending this thing. At least it keeps them, maybe they'll keep their coach or it just keeps them out of the mix from landing a Nick Nurse, possibly. Absolutely. Hey, uh, just looking ahead, tomorrow we will have uh, Seth Joyner at 1230. All right. Seth Joyner at 1230. We got Adam Kaplan on Friday from – 12 to 12 15 so you know some good football minds good football insight i love uh, it finish out this week i love it all right so, 12 to 12 15 adam yeah we got it all right good that yeah that is you're right that's two very good football minds coming up all right uh so that'll do it for us it was a was a fun day as always and again folks if you could tell a friend smash that like button uh we we always do appreciate we appreciate everybody's uh, interaction there in the, uh, in the chat section and everybody who streams, everybody listen. I can't tell you how many people Derek tell me, Hey man, uh, I, I got a chance. I, what I love is I, I, I had to jump out at 1230. I had a meeting. As soon as I got back in my car, I just went right back to the, to where I was yeah. and, and listened and watched the rest of it. I'm like, great, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. So you can always do that as well. We're uh, always here to entertain and inform you, man. That's why we're here. <laughs> thanks to everybody streaming uh everybody yeah. listening our guy tone as thanks, always chat fam tone even though you took shots at me tone keep it, it up, personal tone. it ain't tone. what keep, keep it up keep, i mean did i say that out loud what, i mean tone. tone don't do that whoops sorry hey, hey tone just know it ain't never personal it's always business and i'm coming for you there i just go. want you to know i'm coming for the you threat, that's a threat we have it on tape no, no. it's just a thought it's, it's, a, it's an out loud thought you're out that's, that's your out loud voice Derek. All yes right. I know, I know. All right, uh, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. Derek and I back same time. Seth Joyner tomorrow, Friday, Adam Kaplan. Everybody have a great rest of your Wednesday. See you guys tomorrow. Sports Day. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.